This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there we give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. Start out with a couple of taser-related stories. Haven't done those in a little while, not because they aren't out there, just because there's a whole lot else uh, stuff to talk about on Free Talk Live. But inevitably, it, it always comes back around to more police violence. There's never any shortage of the police, whether it be in this country or I've got one from Canada, uh, where there be the, the police, they'd never let up. I mean, there's always some new incident where they have un, unnecessarily, in my opinion, and I think you may share the same one, uh, but unnecessarily utilized force against someone who was not threatening them with that same level of force. Well, don't you think that, that there's some place for tasers? Absolutely. Okay. I think, the, I think the place is where it originally was proposed, as I understand it at least, the original proposal for tasers was that you're to use a taser when you're in a, you know, kind of a... Threatened a, position. A life or death situation where someone is using, where a, a criminal or suspect is using force on an officer... Uh, or is going to use force on an officer, and uh, the taser would be used as a substitute for lethal force in return, because they used to go, you know, shoot the person. So well, this would be a way to preserve that individual's life instead of executing them on the scene uh, by using the taser in place of a, of a, uh, a firearm. Well, I think you you and I can agree that uh, that using a taser when somebody has a weapon is fine. When somebody's threatened to uh, use violence against the officers, like their fists, is that okay? I think if the officer is being assaulted in some way, then that seems seems okay. Yeah, I, I, I would agree. It's it's a way what for if, them to defend themselves without killing the, the person. What if the uh, you know, the perpetrator, the the person, what if they have their hands lying on? What if they, the cops have thrown them on the ground? They have their hands underneath their hips and they won't bring their hands around. You know how sometimes they do that? They won't put, bring their hands around mm-hmm. so the cops can put them in uh, handcuffs. What do you think about that particular instance? I don't like the idea of using the taser for pain compliance. I don't like that. So you just what, wait until they uh, decide they won't put their hands there anymore? I don't know, Mark. I mean, it's not I like don't. the cops aren't going to be on duty. Uh, you could, and you would always get some other cop that's going to come on duty later. Well, we'll just wait here, and you can lay on the ground until uh, you put your hands behind your back. I suppose they could do that. Whatever, man. I don't know. I'm not a cop. I, you know, I don't have a lot of criminal justice expertise. It's just that I, I don't think that's what they originally were intended for. And I think once you've opened that door, then you get what you have today, and that is that the cops are using this this device which in many cases can be lethal for people, for some people with heart conditions, for instance. Uh, people preg- die from tasers, mothers. absolutely true. Uh, and so th- they're jumping to the taser now whenever somebody just doesn't follow an order. And that, you know, it's being used like a cattle prod. And that's pretty disturbing to me. So it's not being used for its intended purpose, which was simply as a non-lethal alternative to a firearm. But let's go with the story, Mark. You've got one. What I do. Is it? I do have one. Um, this guy was uh, tasered in order to shut him up. Um, <laughs> this, this is uh, actually pain compliance, as I was saying. Mm-hmm. Police are investigating claims of an officer tasered uh, that officer tasered a man three times in um, the Cleveland Watch House last year to shut him up. Three other complaints about police using the uh, fifty thousand volt stun gun guns inappropriately have been referred to the uh, services internal investigation unit, which. You know, somehow it doesn't make me feel good that the cops are investigating themselves. Mm-hmm. I've seen just too many incidents where uh, the police come out and say, oh, well, the officer was acting completely within uh, his yep. bounds. And I believe that that's what they said in the uh, Rodney King verdict, but uh, apparently a jury of their peers felt differently. No, actually, uh, Rodney King, I can't remember on that one. 
It seems like some of those cops got in trouble, didn't they? Yeah, from the federal court, but not from the state court. Okay. Ethical Standards uh, Command investigators dismissed one complaint against an officer who pulled out a taser but did not fire it, according to a police spokeswoman. I'm not sure that that's that big of a deal compared to what I've read. Two matters are still under investigation. The other is subject to court proceedings. Police Minister Jody Spence last month controversially announced a statewide rollout of tasers to an all-frontline police despite being barely halfway through a 12-month trial. I think we all know that tasers work. Ms. Spence released only limited trial results and immediately faced heavy criticism from lawyers and civil libertarians who feared the weapons would be the standard police response, even in non-dangerous situations. Well, that's what the evidence has shown. Police police are just Johnny on the spot when it comes to yanking out the taser and just hitting people with it. Police have been uh, pulled out tasers 128 times since trial began in um, July. This is a trial period, not a, like, court trial. Yeah. Shooting them. A trial for the tasers. Right. About 60 um, 60 of the time, according to police, the tasers store data of the exact time, date, and duration of each shot. Last August, police arrested... uh, Concreter Nathan Brown, 23, near the Alexandra Hills Hotel and locked him in a cell at the Cleveland Watch House. Mr. Brown pleaded guilty to assault, assaulting police and being a public nuisance. Um, However, he has claimed in a signed statement believed to have been given to investigators that he was tasered three times while handcuffed in the watch house. His sister Rebecca, 18, who was locked up that night after attempting to make an official complaint that um, the police arresting her brother punched him, also gave an eyewitness statement. So they arrested her for trying to make a complaint. Wow. Yeah. Mr. Brown admitted he lost control when the police locked his sister up and he began using aggressive language, telling officers to release her because she had done nothing wrong. Now, this isn't anything unusual. I mean, you put somebody in jail, there's a good chance they're going to start yelling at you and being very upset. Uh, so the cops should be used to uh, hearing prisoners yelling, uh, but I guess now they've decided they've got a new tool in their arsenal. Well, um, I can tell you that when I was in prison and uh, a convict kept on pounding on the door in confinement, that the officers would go in and, and pepper spray the entire room to shut really? him up. Yeah. Wow, that's but, hardcore. Well, I don't, I don't know. I mean, that's that was what you knew was going to happen. Shut up. Was so everybody would get hit because of the one guy. They um n- well you'd smell it, but uh, it wouldn't be mostly confined to that room. It would be uncomfortable some um, for a period of time. But well, how many people would be in the room? Just that one, one dude. One or two. Okay. So the other guy, if he wasn't being loud, he'd get the pepper spray anyway. Yeah. A policeman unlocked uh, my cell to uh, what I thought was going to be a frisked. Uh, pro- a frisking process while still handcuffed, and during the process I was hit with a taser gun three times in a row by an older policeman, he said, according to the statement. Mm. Mr. Brown's father, Byron, who has uh, given statements to the investigating officer, said about a week after the alleged incident, he spoke to the officer who tasered his son. The officer said, it shut him up, didn't it? And <laughs> hung up, he said. The police confirmed wow. the ethical standards investigation was ongoing. Now, of course, they haven't come out and said, well, this would, uh, you know, tasering somebody to shut up is or isn't within our uh, you know standard operating procedure or whatever they just say we're investigating. investigating yeah and that's how they always answer we're investigating we have a blue ribbon panel on this i don't know if we if we find out what the update is when the uh, the word comes out we'll bring it to you but usually that stuff doesn't even make the news or it you know doesn't always make it to us so if you spot it send it our way uh, keep us up to date on that case. You know, in, in this particular incident um, with Rebecca, his sister, uh, who was five years his junior, I'm sure he feels very protective of her. Now, there well, is... 18? Yeah. Eight, okay. um, there is in this country a botched SWAT raid every two weeks. The, on, on average, a SWAT team will bust into someone's home at the wrong address every two weeks in this country. Mm-hmm. It's a big country. There's 300 million people in it. So I, I've seen those statistics. I believe them. Um, 
if somebody botched, if they botched a SWAT raid into my house and threw my wife and my child on the floor um, while they and shot my dog, because that's standard operating procedure too. If a dog acts aggressively or barks or something like that, they shoot the dog mm-hmm. right there in front of the family, right there in front of the kids. They'll do it. If somebody did that, I think I would freak out. I, I just I can't imagine. I, I think that you would have a situation where you have an assault on an officer. Well, then you're going to be in big trouble. Yeah, yeah, like this guy was. I mean, they they locked up his uh, sister Rebecca, 18, for making a complaint. Mm-hmm. They and didn't like her. He assaulted the police officer, no doubt. And what can you say, man? The cops are out of control in this country, and there's no way that we can rein them in. I don't. I don't know. I wouldn't say that every cop is out of control, but you know, there's there's these incidents, and and it, I would like to see standard operating procedure for tasers to be laid out, so the public gets to see them, because we simply don't. So so the, let's say they put lay it out in front of you and say we can use these for pain compliance. I think that that's unacceptable. So what are you going to do about it? I don't know what we can do. Well, about that's it. the problem, isn't it? The cops can continue to just zap and zap and beat and attack, and and then they get away with it. The department, 99 out of 100 times, comes back with their investigation. They say, everything's by the book. I'll just file this one away. (laughs) We win again. Uh, You know, and then we're all sitting out here. We see it happen. We see the YouTube videos. We see the occasional cop might lose his job or get demoted, but that's very occasional. And it's certainly the exception and not the rule. You know, we it's all not feel the police helpless. I have the problem with. It's the it's the upper echelons of the police. It's the police department heads and their um, the way they you know they I, condone this kind of behavior. I have a problem with it all because there there are problems at all different levels of the police. More on the way. You can take control. We'd love your input. It's free talk live. <laughs> This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. That number, by the way, is the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features there we give away, including live streams, broadband version of the show, and a dial-up version, both for free for you at freetalklive.com. Now... The Free State Project's Porcupine Freedom Festival is better known as Porkfest. It's happening June 9th through the 15th. At Porkfest, you'll be able to expand your network of liberty-loving activists, businesses, and organizations, as well as listen to concerts, enjoy some barbecue, and socialize around the fire with other liberty-loving uh, individuals. Discover new freedoms, new communities, and new beginnings. Register today at Porkfest.com. That's P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. All right, so talking about the police... Out of control, as always. And yes, Mark, you're right. There are some good cops out there still. Well, I guess we always have to throw that caveat in. Uh, because I don't know how many of them are good, though, and how many of them are bad. It's it's hard to tell. The the A lot of police will tell you, oh, it's just a few bad apples. But yet, I mean, I've heard from actual cops who will tell you it's 80, 90 percent of them that are the bad apples. Yeah, we have heard on this show, I've heard it from um, the same thing, that... Uh you know, they they say that the corruption goes to the top. And it does make sense. I mean, you're talking about a job where it's a position of power over others, more direct than politicians. The politicians aren't, aren't the ones that want to get their, you know, they don't want to get dirty, right? They like to have power but not actually wield it physically over other people. When it comes to the police, you're you're looking at people that are willing to wield physical strength, brute force, 
over many cases uh, well, they have to right yeah. in many cases a number of innocent people that have never harmed another person say a drug user or prostitute and so that kind of well, a don't position... Forget the, don't forget the cops that uh, will come in after, um, you know, they, they send police after tax protesters, too. People that choose, sure. not, choose not to pay their taxes. All yep. they're doing is uh, keeping the money that they earned. Right. To, totally nonviolent people. And uh, I think that, I think that it, it goes, you know, beyond uh, drug users and that kind of thing, because that's sort of a... Although I think that people are free to do whatever they want in their bodies, they're their bodies, mm-hmm. I think it's sort of the, the dirty end of freedom. The clean end of freedom, the way I see it, is taxes. Uh, you know, yeah. where, 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 did it, it, where did the government get the right to demand money from me that I worked for? Well, governments don't have rights. Well, so it's just brute force, Mark. That's all it is. I, I just I just don't understand. I mean, they say it's a free country, but try to not pay your taxes and see just how free you are. Right. So, again, the uh, the position of police officer is a position of power over others, physical power over others. So, inevitably, it's going to attract sadists. It's going to attract those who are looking to wield physical force and get away with it. I mean, they see the stories in the paper. They hear the stories on the news. Word gets around that the cops can hurt people and not get in trouble. And so, if that's what floats your boat, if that's what turns your crank then you're going to go and seek that out. Or maybe you just want to go and use your position of power to, oh, I don't know, steal drugs and money from people. Maybe you don't like the idea of, of physically beating on people, but you just want to use that uh, that influential position to, I guess influential is not the right word, but uh, but to use that privileged position to uh, to enrich yourself. Certainly there are cops that uh, that do that too. So there are all kinds of reasons beyond just helping people and protection that people become cops. And I think that uh, if we change the incentives and change the system, that can change. But, of course, that would require a total overhaul, meaning getting at the government out of policing entirely. That would be my answer to the problem. But then again, the question is, how do we get from here to there, right? How do we get from here to there? I mean, how do we even get from here to government reform? I mean, not just putting aside the free market situation where we get rid of government police. How do we even reform the government police? Let's see. There's a couple ways. Uh, There's the most difficult way, and that is, of course, to slowly elect liberty-minded people to city councils and state houses and pass new laws or repeal old ones that get rid of the war on drugs, that end the war on prostitution and all these other victimless crimes that are out there to reform the system from the inside. But I'll tell you, after the Ron Paul uh, run for, for president here, I'm just sort of of the opinion. Now, I don't. I, I'm not exactly certain whether there's anything nefarious going on, whether anyone was hiding votes or you know making it that, that Ron Paul actually won by a landslide. But on all these primaries, they said he didn't. I don't believe that. Hmm. I believe that the American people simply aren't ready for the concepts of liberty. The, the the foundation of this country was built on freedom and liberty, and we have gotten so far away from it that we've been so indoctrinated with socialism that Marxism is taught in our schools and that people believe that they have a right to all kinds of things that they don't have a right to, like yeah. right to health care, a right to God knows what. I mean, they, they, always, they always talk about these rights. Well, rights come from the inside, not from the outside. And... I have the right to freedom of speech. I can speak. I have the right to freedom of press. I can write. I have the right to religion. It's my soul. I don't have the right to health care. I do not have the right to health care because somebody has to give me that health care. How is somebody going to give me health care? 
And by the way, when they talk about this universal health care, it's not free. It comes out of our taxes. Big time. Then that's not a right. A right is free. A right comes from within. That's a great point. So again, back to the uh, you know back to the question of how does how does the system end up getting changed? Well, you can elect people. We've seen how well that works. Yeah, I, I just I, I I have I have my doubts on a national level whether whether we'll see a libertarian any time in my lifetime. I, you know, I'm I'm sort of I, as much as I love America, I really do. You know, I mean, it, to me, I love the 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 the, the eagles, the flags, the, the you know, the standing up and putting your hand over your heart while you say the pledge of allegiance. I love all that stuff. I just don't. I just believe that America has been sidetracked by the socialists. I think that socialism is so ingrained that even the the the, the everyday person believes that socialism is the way that it's supposed to be. And I think that, but they don't call it that, right? I, I, it's, they don't call it socialism. As a matter of fact, socialism and fascism was in. The, you know, we had them. It's it's we have a thorough history of it in this country. A thorough history of it. Unfortunately, I mean, Washington, uh, George Washington fought for quote unquote liberty for this country and then put down the whiskey rebellion a few years later. <laughs> I mean, uh, some farmers who didn't want to pay taxes he went out there and, um, you know, with with a, a, a little army and put it down. He didn't actually go out. I believe it was George Whitehorse Lee. That was, well, he had his flunkies do it, right? Right. It well, I mean, uh, there you go. Uh, power corrupts, and absolute power corrupts absolutely. So at one time, that's the same guy that said uh, government is a fearful. What is it? I'm paraphrasing now. Fearful. Right. Government is like fire. It's a, a you know a dangerous slave dangerous, and a fearful master fearful or something master. like that. Yeah. So he understood at one time how dangerous government was, but then once he got the taste of the power. He used it to well, wield, you know, wielded it in the way he wanted to. It seems like, and I can understand this. It, it seems like we have to have some level of government. I get that, but we, but people can't necessarily agree on what level of government that is. Well, it only seems like that, Mark, because you believe it's always been that way, and it has. Well, it, it in is in history of mankind. There have always been people who have ruled over others, but it's time well, we moved on beyond enough, that. In, in small enough groups, I, I don't think necessarily that you're talking about. There's always been a government. You know, I mean, when when there's just a few people moving around, you know, living together, they they don't sure. really have a government. I guess I meant on a more society-wide scale. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, would love to hear your ideas as to how to tangibly change the situation when it comes to police abuse in this country. Is it uh, something that can be changed? Is do we have to go through the system, or would there be some level of outs, uh, some level of market-based activity that could change it? Whether that means uh, civil disobedience to the point where the police just can't handle arresting the amount of people they have to arrest, or possibly market-based alternatives popping up, some sort of government protection services. I'd love to hear your input, and you can take control. Bring up anything. Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp. FreeTalkLive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number 800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at FreeTalkLive.com. All the features there are completely free, so do enjoy those on us, including the updates. Get signed up. We will keep you in the loop whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show. Go to updates.freetalklive.com to get on that list for free. In fact, if you want a chance 
at the 12 Hours of Sebring tickets that we've been giving away all week. There is going to be a chance going out over the updates list sometime, oh, I don't know, maybe after the show tonight, maybe sometime this weekend. If you're not on the list, you won't have a chance to win. So go to updates.freetalklive.com and get on board. Uh, also, speaking of the race... Yeah, on March 12th through the uh, 15th, it's the 56th annual running of the Mobile One 12 Hours of Sebring. It's prevented by fre- uh, presented by Fresh from Florida, the world's finest sports cars will, be, will battle for 12 hours on the famous Sebring Road Course. This is Le Mans race. Um, tickets and information, you can uh, call 1-800-626-RACE or visit uh, SebringRaceway.com. Uh, it's March 12th through the 15th. Don't miss it. That's SebringRaceway.com. And I went to this. It's a lot of fun. So we're talking about the uh, the bad cops in America, and we've got one of the good guys on the line with us. His name is Brad. He's in New Hampshire on the amp line. Hey, Brad. Oh, thanks, man. You're too kind. Well, you know, you are one of the one of the few and one of the proud. In fact, you're the only uh you're the only active duty police officer in the entire country who has actually joined law enforcement against prohibition while still on duty, active duty. So that's well, quite a distinguishment. Oh, thank you. And in all fairness, there are a few federal agents uh and uh you know, the superintendent of your county jail in Cheshire County, he's still active. Um, but yeah, you know, I'm, I'm hoping to uh, get more more police officers into law enforcement against prohibition, um, trying to get more people to see the light, so to speak. We're talking about. I know you called for a different reason, and we can get to that. But we were talking a few moments ago about changing the system. I mean, it needs it needs a fundamental change. And of course, some of the things that would really help that would be to uh, abolish these awful laws that uh, criminalize consensual activity, like uh, you know, gambling, for instance, um, and getting rid of those laws. That way, the police they they can't go out there with the excuse of, well, I'm just doing my job, enforcing these laws. Uh, so I was talking about different ways to do that. Of course, one of the ways is inside the system, and of course the other ways are alternative uh, market-based activities like creating competing organizations or doing civil disobedience. But I know that you are actually somebody who's considering r- a run for office. Is that still uh, on your plate? Yeah, absolutely. In fact, um, Matt Simon, who runs the New Hampshire Coalition for uh common sense marijuana policy actually wants to run my campaign oh, wow, um, that's super. for office. And you know, these gambling laws are just absolutely ridiculous. I mean, if if I can't say to you, hey Ian, you know, uh, let's play some poker, here's a dollar, because because of some arbitrary law, I mean, who really controls my life? You know, I mean, it's absolutely, yep. absolutely absurd. You and know, these- I wonder, I mean, not to not to have you out any of your uh, co-workers there, but I wonder how often the cops themselves get together for a poker night. Does that ever happen? Well, uh, let's talk about let's talk about marijuana. Um, I, I, I don't know if you've covered this on the show. I'm, I'm a podcast listener, so I'm a little behind. Yeah. Um, but the uh, the criminal justice committee uh, in New Hampshire has voted, I believe it was five to thirteen, five in support of the uh, law to decriminalize 0.25 ounces of marijuana. Um, so it looks like it's going to come out of committee. Um, not good for for our cause. Yeah, we did an update on that earlier this week. They voted it inexpedient to legislate, which is basically a recommendation telling the full legislature uh, when they get a chance to vote, which is going to be an early March, telling them to vote it down. Uh, but the good news is, uh, from what I understand, it is going to a full House vote. Uh, so the, the marijuana reformers, the decriminalization advocates, will be there in full force uh, to speak out against this for whatever it's worth. I don't under... Well, actually, I... I, okay, I don't understand how any uh, elected representative or bureaucrat could look at themselves in the mirror 
and continue to say that marijuana should be kept illegal. It is safer. It, it has killed nobody. Yeah, it's, it is, it's, it less toxic, a... it's less toxic than a potato. Well, you know, Brad, I could I could understand if they were totally ignorant. Like, that's how most, it seems like a lot of people in America are very, very ignorant about marijuana and the war on, on drugs in general. So I could, I could understand and give them a pass if they knew nothing whatsoever. But the fact is, most of those people that voted no on this particular issue, and people are, around the country are dealing with this uh, because there are lots of different decriminalization uh, things going on from state to state. But, you know, they sat there through... Through hours of testimony, uh, the room was packed full. You and I were both there, and we both spoke. Uh, the room was packed full of people, very well-spoken, persuasive, respectable advocates for decriminalization, both regular New Hampshire citizens as well as uh, people from the law enforcement community, uh, you as well as the, uh, the the jailer that you mentioned earlier, both spoke, very well-informed, very interesting, and, and again, very persuasive. So it's not – they can't say they're ignorant anymore. So really, I mean, they just either – it's it's so hard to explain, right? I mean, they're either it's total, they're totally buying the war on drugs propaganda, or they're not even listening to what it is that we're saying, or they don't care what we're saying as long as the police think, chiefs are for the war on I drugs. Think, I think they're sheep, Ian, to tell you the truth. Right. I think that it's about freedom, and as as long as it's their, as long as they've got their freedom and they're free to do the things that they want oh, to do, oh, that's speaking freedom. Speaking of that, Mark, I was speaking to one of the representatives, uh, Representative Barubi, and when I was testifying. Um, you know, he kept, or actually before I testified, he kept talking about, well, what about federal money? What about federal money? And that's all that he cared about. Mm-hmm. After the committee hearing, I said to him, um, per, you know, just me, me to him, I said, uh, Representative Ruby, why should the government pass any law telling you that if you're in your house not hurting anyone, that you can't do something? And he goes, I'd like to see them come in my house, you know, <laughs> and th- th- this is the mentality. And these people are, that, that are for marijuana prohibition are either one of two things. They're, they're either one, they're either completely ignorant and indoctrinated, or two, they're corrupt. Because this, this is such a, uh, a plain, I, I mean, it's so obvious. Viagra kills more people than marijuana. Yep. It, you know, and, and, you know, these people who are against medical marijuana, I think they're absolutely terrible people. I mean, there's people who are sick and dying, and they say this helps them, but here we have the DEA and the ONDCP. I just read um, that um, a spokeswoman from the ONDCP said it's archaic to smoke marijuana um, by people who are, who are sick and dying. Um, after the American College of... Uh, of uh, American Fox. College of Physicians. Yes, after, after 127 internist doctors come out and, and say that marijuana does have medicinal value. Actually, I mean, the American, just a quick correction, the American College of Physicians has over 124,000 doctors that are its members. Oh, okay, I was uh, a few grand off. But, <laughs> a few know, hundred they're, grand. <laughs> they're, they're, they're just not being sincere, and anyone who thinks that marijuana should continue to be illegal is just, they're just out of their mind. And I would, you know, I would love to debate, I'd debate anyone on this issue, and it's not because I'm the greatest debater, it's not because I'm the smartest guy, it's just because this is reality. And you can't, Absolutely. You, you can only bend reality so far. So. But, this, but, the, but the drug warriors don't want to debate this, and it's because they've already won. You know, they're in the position of the status quo, and it's people like us that want to change it, so they have no interest in debating us. Well, yeah, that's true. Well, so th- that's, that's, my, uh, that's bad news about the marijuana bill, but, you know, we'll keep fighting the good fight. And I wanted to bring something else up. I'm all, uh, by the way, Brad, I'm already writing up my next little speech for the, uh, the March 5th <laughs> hearing. Excellent, excellent. Well, I'll be there, too, so, uh, 
you know, we'll have to get into cahoots on it. Um, the other thing I wanted to bring up is the other day um, you were talking about how some people view freedom as the ability to leave the country. Right. It, most, it, it seems like Americans, um, when I talk about freedom, that it, the, the things that I get from the average individual is, well, if you don't like it, leave. And, uh, you know, that's that's sort of the mentality. If you don't like America's lack of freedom, if you don't like the fact that you have to pay taxes, if you don't like the, our little zoning rules, if you don't like, um, you know, whatever it is, marijuana is not my biggest issue, but I think that people should be free to do it. If you don't like it, leave. Well, well uh, we are this, free to leave, essentially. Of course, you have to have a passport um, well, in order to get is, into other countries. This is, and This is what I'm getting at. Um, there's a federal law, and I can't cite it off the top of my head. You guys know I'm a pretty big nerd with that stuff. But yeah, you I'll, do like the law. <laughs> I'll, I'll post it on the BBS. There's a federal law that says you are ineligible to get a passport unless you pledge your allegiance to the United States. Oh, jeez. So, two on that. And um, I, I will post it. Uh, I'm just coming home from the gym right now. And, in fact, I'll, uh, I'll instant message it to you, Mark. But... You know, now that um, now that you know we're going to need a passport to go anywhere, you need to pledge your allegiance to the United wow, States in sick. order to get a passport. This must is this this must be new because I don't remember having to do that when I got mine. Brad, thanks for the call and the sure, clue. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up what you want. Is it ignorance or corruption? It's free talk live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Inviting you to our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there we give away. So enjoy those. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, then become an amplifier. Just go to AMP. .freetalklive.com to get on board with the AMP program. AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. The idea is you send in 3 bucks a month via any major credit card or PayPal or some of our alternative methods. You send in 3 bucks a month, and we take that money in and we turn it back right back around, reinvest it in the show, and therefore get on more radio stations around the country and thereby spread the message of freedom and liberty, which it's, that's a good thing, right? And you get perks. Get access to the AMP-only call-in-line chat room and forum. Uh, also, we've got an AMP-only shrine now. So you get all that and more. Head on over. In fact, Mark, I've, I've uh, made a note, and I'm going to be putting your uh, your reading of The Raven up for our amplifiers to It's download. always been my favorite, uh, The Raven. I, I don't know. Ever since I read it in high school, I... I just I just like the way it uh, you know especially the part where it says the rustling of each purple curtain filled me thrilled me I, I just like the way it sounds and uh, I'm glad to have uh, got a chance to read it so amplifiers will get that too so there are just from time to time little perks that'll pop up that uh, will send the uh, the direction of our amplifiers because hey they deserve it uh, but uh, if you can't afford it it's no big deal you can still get all the features on our website for free so. Uh, head on over to amp.freetalklive.com to learn more. We certainly would appreciate your support. That's amp.freetalklive.com. Uh, again, I asked the question before we went to break there, is it ignorance or is it corruption? When it comes to these these legislators, whether they be here in New Hampshire or in the state where you are or the country that you live in, when it comes to the war on drugs and them being just placed in front of people that make so much sense. People like Brad that we just spoke with a few moments ago, an actual police officer with eight, eight or nine years uh, boots on the ground experience, mm-hmm. driving around a police car and arresting people and telling them, people like Brad telling them, look, this drug war is not working. This war on marijuana is not working. And giving them real hard, understandable evidence that it's not working. 
very persuasive presentations, very informative presentations. How could they, after watching people like Brad, how could they go and vote against decriminalization? I wonder what gives the legislators the right. I mean, they why, don't. why is it it's that a legislator right. can um, you know, pass a law that says that I can't smoke marijuana? Now, I don't smoke marijuana. Um, you my have. I, I have smoked it, sure. My wife's a drug treatment counselor, and that was sort of uh, one of the conditions of marriage. I'm not going to be smoking marijuana. You know, she, does, she doesn't yeah. put up with that crap. But I don't see that's – that's an agreement that I made with my wife. Right. I didn't make an agreement with anyone else. How do they get that way, Mark? Well, it's just because people obey. It's because people think that they have the right to do that, and they will obey. People consider themselves law-abiding citizens, and whether they like the law or not, many of them will obey it. Of course, most marijuana smokers I know obviously are not obeying the law. Uh, So it's just might makes right. They've got the cops. The cops are willing to enforce the law indiscriminately. That's how it works. 1-800-259-9231 would love your input. What do you think? Is it ignorance? If so, why does it not seem to be curable? Is it that bad? Or is it corruption? Or is it something else? Are we missing another choice? Hubris? I mean, uh, just because I don't smoke marijuana doesn't mean that I should tell other people what they can't do. I uh, I, I don't skydive either. And I know it's dangerous to skydive. It's more dangerous to skydive than it is to smoke marijuana. Yeah, Should I be able it. to tell other people that they can't skydive? Should I be able to bust into their houses and take their skydiving paraphernalia? Should I be able to, to throw them in shackles and drag them off? Absolutely not. Let's go to your phone calls. You can bring up anything. It's Gavin in the United Kingdom across the pond. Hello, Gavin. Gavin in the UK going once. Do we have Gavin going twice? Let's try Marco in Washington. Marco, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello. Hey, Marco, what's on your mind tonight? Uh, well, actually, I guess I came up with two things while I was sitting here listening to the show and uh, uh, just waiting on hold. Um, first off, I wanted to say about Mark's remark about liking the uh, Pledge of Allegiance. I don't know if he's aware, but it was actually written by a socialist. Oh, yeah, I didn't call him out socialist. on that particular I happened instance. to like it just because it was written by a national socialist. And, uh, you know, it, it, I can see that there's no other country on the planet that has a uh, Pledge of Allegiance. I've just been indoctrinated to like it, and I do. Oh. Well, okay, then. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, what can I tell you? I like, the, I like Captain America um, from the comic books, too. Nothing to I it. I don't know. I don't know. I just, uh, it just seems kind of contradictory but so anyway, now you're in the united kingdom is that, hold on before you go no, on no. this is marco in washington oh i see pardon me i thought uh, the, oh. the caller before you was in the united kingdom but he didn't answer go oh ahead. yeah yeah no it's cool uh yeah i mean i just recently found this out because i've just i mean just recently discovered uh the meaning of freedom you mm-hmm. know uh, i was in the military for nine years and wow i definitely did not know freedom there uh, yeah. but i thought it was normal you know and now I'm out, and I see a completely different world, and I see how wrong it is and how much socialism is really the enemy of America, even though it's ingrained so deep. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, once you open your eyes to liberty, there's no turning back, and it really is a totally uh, totally altered worldview. Yes, absolutely. I've definitely been eyeing the Free State Project, and I'm um, trying to figure out how I can make that work in, in a relatively short amount of time. Well, I mean, uh, but, how much how much stuff do you have tying you down? Do you have uh, kids, family, and no, actually, I don't have any of that. Well, then it's that's pretty darn easy then. <laughs> Just a matter of money at that point, and uh, yeah, will exactly. to get it done. Exactly, matter of money, uh, which I'm working on. All right. So, so what else? Uh, but uh, about marijuana yeah. and the legalization of drugs, I 
I, you know, I don't know exactly what it is. I don't, I can't say it's corruption. I mean, I'm sure there's an element of that, but even talking with normal people about it, you know, obviously not politicians, they just don't get it. They refuse to accept that it could be okay if it was legalized. <laughs> and that's, you know, not corruption. It's, it's not ignorance after they've been educated about the statistics and, and who's affected by it and, and how it's a relatively harmless drug. It's just a, a, an unwillingness to change. Stubborn ignorance, so, perhaps? Stubborn ignorance. I'd say that's a good one. Yeah. yeah. You've got it there, I think, Marco. Any other thoughts tonight? No, thanks, guys. Thanks for the call, dude. 800-259-9231. And good luck with your uh, signing up for the Free State Project. We endorse it fully. Uh, we continue. Gavin is there now, as I understand it, in the U.K. Gavin? Hello? Hi. Hey. What's Hi. Hi. Well, just just quickly, uh, your previous caller. I I envy people who live in the United States. Uh, it's it's very easy, really, compared to uh, the people in the UK, for example, to move to the Free State Project. Right. Yeah. Uh, so uh, you know, go go ahead, do it. You know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can always uh, but, sign up and just figure out how to get here after you've signed. <laughs> <laughs> now, maybe I should. Maybe G- I Gavin, should, but, before uh, you go on, I've, I've got a question for you. Um, we were yeah. just talking about the Pledge of Allegiance here in the United States. What's the Pledge of Allegiance in uh, Great Britain? We don't have one. There's no there's no Pledge of Allegiance in Great Britain. You mean no. you don't put your hand over your heart and swear to the Union Jack um, that that you will uh, you know love it above above all others, that you'll give allegiance to it and God, and that's all. Um, no. No, I, I nobody does course. this. This Pledge of Allegiance, Americans no. don't understand it, but the, the you know, they, they believe that everybody does this, but the Pledge of Allegiance is a strange, strange indoctrination tactic. It was uh, created by a, uh, uh, a, a, a National Socialist, which is, if you'll recall, the uh, same party that's as... That's the Nazis. Yeah, that's the Nazis. That's what the National Socialist yeah. Party is, so... Well, uh, our, our government's actually introducing that for uh, immigrants now. Uh, effectively where they come in and they effectively got to take a lot of tests hmm. uh, to prove that they understand um, the way of working in this country and uh, I mean it's just completely fascist and it wouldn't it wouldn't it surprise me if, if eventually one day the nationals the you know the born and bred in this country will have to do exactly the same thing so what else do you have on your mind tonight Gavin well the reason I rang was I, I'd like to talk about um, uh, the death sentence and um, uh, euthanasia Recently, we we back in December 2006, we had uh, uh, five prostitutes uh, killed uh, in the uh, east part of the country, and um, we just had a, a verdict uh, given to uh, a, a, a chap who's um, a regular Jack the Ripper. Uh, well, maybe so. <laughs> uh, you know, he's certainly done his done his bit allegedly, um, but the fact is that. Uh, as a result of that, you've got members of his family calling for the death sentence. Mm-hmm. And his family, and the killer's family. No, no, oh, okay. no. His family's saying he's innocent. Okay. Um, but uh, members of one one member of the uh, a member of the family of one of the prostitutes are calling for the death sentence again. Mm-hmm. And it's one of these things that continues to raise its head in this country. Um, but I'd just like to say that there there is a, a, a program that was on about a month ago where one of the uh, former members of parliament um, on the BBC, it's How to Kill a Human Being. If you go to video.google.com, that kind of raises the issue. Um, there's about how to humanely kill a human being. 
And one of the disturbing things I find is the kind of propensity of, of, uh, of some Americans to think that the, uh, the death sentence is a good thing. Yeah, it's an awful, um, awful idea. If you've got more comments, hang on. We'll talk about it more in hour two. Bring up anything. It's Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We launch in hour number two. You, as always, can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 1-800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The feature's there totally free. So enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Now, at the end of last hour, for those of you just tuning in, we had Gavin on the line, and I believe he is still with us. Gavin in the United Kingdom had brought up a case of a uh, man in the UK who allegedly murdered a handful of prostitutes. And, uh, of course, now standing trial. Uh, People, uh, as usual when it comes to these cases, are rattling the saber for the death penalty. And, Gavin, you were going to tell us why you thought the death penalty is a horrible idea. Yes, well, well, I mean, he's actually been found guilty, and of course it's members of the families of the prostitutes that are calling for the death penalty. But the reason why, of course, the death penalty is a bad idea is that, you know, on occasions people are innocent. And, um, you know, and and so, you know, it's it's not a good thing if if once they're dead, they are found to be innocent. But not just that. How, How is it a moral thing for us to endorse the state to kill people on our behalf i mean if if i found somebody fiddling with my child or you know beating up somebody in the street then yes i should have the right as an individual to go and maybe cave their head in but i'm never going to give the state that authority because of course if if you give them that authority they're going to come back to you perhaps one day and start caving your head in that's that's one of the key problems we've got. This whole uh, death sentence, you know, state endorsed, uh, you know, death sentence philosophy that we got. And we don't those those are the two reasons that I oppose the death penalty too, Gavin. Um, since 1971, here in America, 120 plus inmates have been released from death row. And I don't mean have their, have their sentences commuted to life. I mean they were released. And now that says to me that some of those men were innocent. And if we released some innocent men from death row because we sentenced them there, um, then it also means to me that very there's a very, very, very high chance that we have executed men that didn't actually kill someone mm-hmm. or didn't kill the person that they were um, convicted of killing. And so I, it's, I, the question one has to ask oneself at that point is how how many innocent men are you willing to execute in order to keep around this really great death penalty thing that we've got? Yeah. Um, and yeah. the other well, question that you, you know, that, that you brought, the other point you brought up, which I totally agree with, is: Do we really want a government that, uh, you know, is legally endowed to be able to kill its citizens? Should governments be killing, um, you know, their the people subjects? it's supposed to protect? I don't think so. I don't think so. No, no. And, and the problem is, is the government doesn't allow us the right to fight back you know if, if as i say if my child was being attacked or or or, or being fiddled with by a pedophile i mean you know <laughs> it's right. pedophile hysteria that is around us but you know if, if if my child was being attacked or my partner was being attacked if if i attacked the aggressor of, of my members of my family or somebody who broke into my home i then have to 
bend over backwards to prove my innocence and so on. And, 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 and this is where the, the inequality is, uh, you know, where the state thinks we're some sort of, you know, subservient morons, if you like, uh, who, who, who have no now to, to, to be able to defend ourselves. But right. it, also, it also highlights another hypocrisy is that, you know, surely if, we're, if, if, if a society is going to allow the death penalty when it comes to criminals, why shouldn't they, on the other hand, allow euthanasia when it comes to people who are really, really sick or, frankly, have had enough with life to just do their own, uh, you know, do away with their own lives? You're talking, about, uh, you're talking about people terminal illnesses killing themselves. Well, I'm talking about anybody, anybody. Because if, if you look at property rights, you know, the ultimate property right is one's being, isn't mm-hmm. it? One's sure. own body. It's your body. Right? It's, it's your body. So, therefore, if you have... If you feel that, well, I'm, I'm really, really sick, you know, I've got multiple sclerosis or whatever, you know, any illness, I've had enough. Or indeed, you know, you may be a 30-year-old like me, and, <laughs> you know, perfectly healthy, and you just may wake up one day and think, Do you know what, I've, I've had a comp- I think this life's rubbish, right? <laughs> you should have the right to just go down to the clinic, pay your dues and say, right, there you go, do me away. It's because ultimately your body is 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 your is your property. It's, it's your property. Right. But the problem is 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 that the pe- the same people who argue for the death penalty are often the ones who say, well, no, we shouldn't believe that that people should have the right to kill themselves. <laughs> you know, you're right about that. Absolutely. And that's that's the problem. And one of the things that I mean, I, I, as I say, there was a BBC program, and it's it's, it's available on um, Google Video. Uh, on how to kill a human being, and what does that mean? How to kill a human being? What, uh, well, it's 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 a kind of uh, uh, an ethical way to kill a human being. So unlike the electric chair, where people often aren't killed in the first instance, or hanging, you know, where people's heads are often ripped off, mm-hmm. and the lethal injection, where people are suffering pain. The one thing they found that that was the best way to kill a human. Let being, me make a guess. Let me make a guess. The guillotine. Yep. No, no, no. Really? Hy- hypoxia. Hypoxia. What's that? That's basically where, what they do is they take they they put you in a chamber and they take the air out slowly or or you know it's effectively um, it's either taking the air out slowly or putting you up to a high altitude. But they found that if, it's effectively if you introduce nitrogen into a chamber, mm-hmm. you, you you start to exhibit euphoria. You start to be happy and and you. You don't realize that you're actually dying. And one, one of the things that really disturbed me about this program was that there was an American professor um, who's in favor of the death penalty who said that, well, the death penalty should be to punish the people that you are going to kill, you know, the convicts and so on. Right. And my, my argument is that, well, you know, why should we bring ourselves down as, as human beings to their level exactly. as, as a society? Right. You Two know, wrongs we, don't make a right. And, and th- th- exactly. this, this is the part that I don't understand. Now, I spent nine years in prison, and I have a pretty good idea of, of that w- of which I speak here. Um, mm. Yeah, a life on death row, because as far as I'm concerned, I wouldn't give a prohibition to putting a guy in a cell and leaving him there if he's been convicted of uh, murder, as long as you feed him and that kind of thing. Mm. Life on death row has got to stink a lot worse far than killing someone. Uh, far more punishment than just a few instants, you know, a few moments or a few seconds of pain. And 
and it's significantly cheaper. Those people that believe that you spend, oh, you can't spend all that money keeping him in jail, they're, they just don't understand how much it costs to kill somebody from the uh, from a you know a court standpoint. They, they get all these mandatory appeals and all that other stuff. It costs millions to kill somebody. It costs hundreds of thousands to keep them in, in prison for the Gavin, rest of Gavin, great life. call yeah, yeah. tonight, dude. Thank you for making it, sir. 800-259-9231. If you want to comment on the death penalty, you're certainly welcome to do so. Perhaps you are an advocate, and you can answer Mark's question. The question is, how many people, how many innocent people are you willing to kill in order to keep your precious death penalty around. Right, because I, I really, it doesn't make me feel bad that, uh, you know, some of these guys are, um, you know, these guilty guys are getting killed. It, it, I have a very difficult time feeling bad for them. I was in prison with a guy named Mark Dean Schwab. You can look him up on the Internet. He killed a little boy named Junie Rios Martinez. But I was in prison with him before he did it, and he was in for essentially the same thing, diddling little boys and then, you know, and, and brutalizing them. Jeez. And they let him out. And he did it again. And he actually um, spoke via telephone with one of the convicts who was his friend um, and essentially admitted that he had done it. And the convict told me that he did. And as far as I'm concerned, I don't care if Mark Dean Schwab gets a death penalty. I don't know if he got it or not. I don't know mm-hmm. how, whether, you know, where he is at this point. I haven't paid a lot of attention. But I don't care if he dies. What I care about is the innocent guy right. that's on death row that's going to get it. Now, he maybe has not lived an exemplary life, but that doesn't change the fact that... Uh, he didn't commit the crime. He, d- he may not have committed... He's, if he didn't commit the crime for which he is accused, he should not be you know, killed. And I just don't think the death penalty is so valuable that we need to keep it around because you can't undo it. If we find All it does if is a guy's satisfy on death row lust. for 25 years, we find out he didn't do it, we can at the very least let him go. Yep. And I believe me, he'll be appreciative. But if we killed him, you can't do anything for him. Nope. You can't give him those 25 years back, but at least you can let him go. I think that all the death penalty does for the people out there that are in favor of it is it just satisfies bloodlust. I do. I understand that. I get that part. But um, can't they be? It seems to me that putting on someone in death row for the rest of their life is is punishment far worse. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You can weigh in. Frank and Oregon's on the line. We'll talk to him. Your calls as well about whatever you want to discuss. If you make the call, eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Also on the way. One guy says the police used way too much force when his wife was having a bit of a problem. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there for free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, Again, that's freetalklive.com. The features include, by the way, the wiki with over 1,500 pages created by listeners just like you. Go to wiki.freetalklive.com to get interactive. That's wiki.freetalklive.com. You can lose up to 25 pounds in just nine days without permanently changing your diet. You can check out this amazing doctor-recommended product by going to ftldiscount.com. There's real testimonials there, and you can find out how to order. It's ftldiscount.com. 1-800-259-9231. 1-800-259-9231. Uh, still to come, another story about the police just going way overboard, uh, completely unnecessarily. But first, we are going to go to your phone calls here as soon as my uh, call screening software works. There we go. It's Frank in Oregon. Frank, you're on Free Talk Live. Frank, Oregon, going once. About, uh, the Wednesday show where uh, you, Ian, are saying that uh, the Ron Paul March on Washington is totally pointless. It will have no effect and that people should 
know, join the Free State Project, move to New Hampshire, and that'll be a much better use of their time, which I, I would generally agree with you. However, are you aware of the uh, civil rights movement in America? Yes. And, and the successes that they had from a simple march? I mean, if you look at Martin Luther King's speech, it's one of the most recognized speeches in all of American history, and that occurred as a march in Washington. Then you have, uh, you know, the Brown, Brown versus Board of Education. You have the Montgomery Boy, Bus Boycott, the National Voting Rights Act, Civil Rights Act. I mean, Freedom Summer, the Selma to Montgomery marches, all these led in landmark decisions that started because a bunch of people got together and just wanted to be heard. And uh, that's, that's real change that happened. And if you compare that to the record of the Free State Project, in eight years, the Free State Project accomplishments and statistics are the 20K goal was not reached at the end of 1206. Mm-hmm. There's 8,200 signers, 518 verified movers. That makes about 64 movers a year. And if you subtract the amount of people already in the state... Well, they didn't even... Uh, the, 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 the 64 movers a year is inaccurate, but go on with the rest of your stuff. Okay. Um, so in response, the Free State Project creates the first 1,000 project, and they did meet that pledge goal. Um, at the current sign-up rate, the Free State Project will reach 20,000 people in about 10 to 12 years. Um, if you look at their media, their media page, they have 295 articles since 2001, so that's about 36 news pieces a year. And most of the articles are local New Hampshire papers, not even national news. Mm-hmm. Um, if you look up Free State Project as an exact phrase on Google, there's only 160,000 hits, not even a half million hits. And uh, as far as I can tell, it seems what happens in New Hampshire is a lot of the same activists get arrested. Nothing changes. Um, the Free State Project uh, member, Joel Winters, is the only one who's been elected state rep. But now, are you new to the Free State Project? Sounds like you've done a lot of research, but are you new to the I idea? Am, I am I am not new to the Free State Project. I'm just I'm comparing. Okay, well, then I'm surprised that you've, you've avoided mentioning the fact that the Free State Project has barely even scratched the surface as far as in that it is only just beginning. So, of course, there's not going to be a lot of results. Hardly anything has ag- happened. I would agree with you, but it's been eight years, and... Well, no, it's only been a handful of years since the state was chosen, uh, and only a, only about a couple hundred people have actually moved in as early movers. So really, the Free State Project hasn't even occurred yet. Right now, it's in the recruitment phase, and they have just uh, just this year, they've adjusted their uh, their their statement of intent to where right. you don't have to wait for 20,000 anymore. They're, they are encouraging people to come sooner rather than later. And of the a few hundred people that have moved, the activism has been incredible, and it has been more than just a few people getting arrested. The fact is, the uh, the activism you don't see that you don't hear about is the uh, you know the, the, a lot of the political stuff that goes on is not really stuff that's being sung from the rooftops because it's not as exciting, it's not as sexy as uh, somebody getting arrested. So okay, well, yeah, you're just not hearing about what's going on, and maybe it's because you're not listening to our show because we talk about it a lot on Free Talk. Well, I, uh, I, I I do listen to your show, and uh, I, I am playing devil's advocate a little bit. I will make my intentions known because. Uh, the, the blanket statement that, that March in Washington will have no effect. I didn't say it will have no effect. I said it will have virtually no effect. I think that uh, it's good from a networking perspective. I think the people that are going to be there will feel good together, and that's nice. It's good to feel good about what you're doing. But uh, I mean, as far as look, changing Washington is concerned, no, yeah, I don't believe it will saying. have an effect I mean, there. If you, if you look at the bigger, the bigger marches or the bigger movements that have started with marches, the civil rights movement is a perfect example of that. I mean, in just you know three four years, they had landmark 
Supreme Court cases that fundamentally changed the country. Yeah, but they did more than March. They did more than March. That's all. They did, you know, there was civil disobedience involved there. How many of your Ron Paul activists are going to be uh, civilly disobedient? Oh, I don't know about that. But, all mean, right, there's no like plans them. for that, because it's hard to be civil disobedient. It actually requires some risk in putting something on the line, whereas standing around in the National Mall holding a sign doesn't. Well, you, you, just, never, you just never know. I mean, who would have thought that 600 people walking uh, in Selma, Alabama, would change the voting laws for you know racial equality? I mean, nobody would have thought that, but that's what happened. Or nobody thought that, you know, making a speech at the mall would lead to, you know, two landmark civil rights decisions at the Supreme Court level. I mean, to, to, to discount the activity um, without looking at the, at the past history and the evidence is just, uh, you know, premature. I mean, especially if you're comparing to something like the Free State Project, which, if you look at the inception of the project, has had as many years as a civil rights movement and uh, has way uh, less... Um, well, you're comparing apples to oranges. I mean, it's completely different, uh, two completely different movements you're talking about, one of which, the Free State Project, requires a whole lot more, uh, a lot more effort to be placed in, uh, in order to get involved. I mean, we're talking about people picking up their lives and moving from one point to another I, in order to uh, advance I think there's a freedom. lesson to be learned here. But, um, you know, rather than getting defensive about the Free State Project, I think that, uh, yeah, there's, there's, the Free State Project's done some stuff and could be more successful than it is currently today. I'll give you both of those. And and I think that it's also, um, I think it was rude and inconsiderate and short-sighted to just discount the some people's activism, what they decide to do, going to uh, Washington and marching. It may not be what you want to do, and you may, it may and Ian, and it may not be, um, you know, it, it may not work. It's easy to sit on the sidelines and say it's not going to work. Because right. you know I mean, that a lot of people have sat on the sidelines while you've done activism well, I'm saying that and based, said it's not going to work. I'm saying that based on the, you know, the history of people marching on Washington. It's historically been a very, very ineffective thing. It doesn't really do anything. It just makes you feel good. And that's fine. And that's what I said. You know, if that's what you want to go and do, if you've got the extra money and you've got the extra time, then go and blow it in Washington. Uh, but if you don't have a lot of money and you're going to spend your money on this, you should really seriously look at some other options because it's just going to be throwing money down a rat hole. See, now, th- that's the crux of the situation. Yeah, that you just don't like the, the idea that it costs money <laughs> to do it. <laughs> well, it's well, money that could I be mean, spent better elsewhere. You could give that money to uh, organizations that will actually make a difference with it. That's all. That's all I'm saying. A difference in what way, though? I mean, that's the thing. Is like this is just a, this is just another avenue in all the Ron Paul stuff that's going on. I mean, just just the year that's gone by that the Ron Paul campaign has has really taken off. I mean, you've seen. Ron Paul, I mean, talking on MTV about Austrian economics. I mean, that that's that's unprecedented in in the you know the last thirty years of this country during a presidential campaign. And uh, this is just another thing that people can do and discount it as being totally ineffective. Is, no, uh, I told you it's next to completely opinion. ineffective. It's almost completely ineffective. And thank you for the call tonight. You need to back off this one, Ian. 800-259-9231. No, I stand by it. It's a waste of time, it's a waste of gas, and it's a waste of money. You're not going to get anything out of it besides a good feeling. And if that's what you're looking for and you're willing to spend hundreds of dollars to get it, by all means, do it. Drug users do it every day of the, the week. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. 
The show is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. Join us on our website, freetalklive.com. The features there we give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. Those features include all kinds of neat things like the archives, an entire year's worth of the show, front page of the website, downloadable for free. There's no logging in. You don't have to jump through any hoops. Just go and get them on us, freetalklive.com. And now you can save time and money on common legal matters. Created by top attorneys, LegalZoom.com helps you create reliable legal documents like your will or living trust in minutes. LegalZoom.com. Use the code FTL to save 10%. That's, excuse me, 10 bucks. That's actually more than 10%. Uh, Depending. LegalZoom.com. All right, I want to go back and uh, continue to address the last call that we had because uh, apparently, you know, you question one of the things that the Ron Paul Revolution folks are doing and all of a sudden uh, they come down hard, and that's fine. Uh, You know, I, I, I was looking at what the chat room was saying about it over the break. And they were pointing out one of the uh, one of the guys in there pointed out that uh, learning that that this activism basically is like learning to walk. That activism is learning to walk, and that you're going to make some mistakes. Uh, but the thing is, a lot of people have already made the same mistakes in the past, and so if you pay attention, hopefully you can learn from those mistakes. But that's not going to prevent people from continuing to make those same mistakes in the future. And it is my supposition or contention, rather, uh, that this uh, particular march on Washington is going to have no real tangible benefit beyond making the marchers feel like they're doing something important. And I would love to be proven wrong on this. I mean, I, you know, I'm an open-minded kind of guy. It's certainly possible that this could make a difference. But what I'd like to know is, uh, what do you expect to happen as a result of this march? What are the, what are the goals of marching on Washington. Now, I've read the uh, the website, Tax Day 08, and actually I'm not sure if Ron Paul's even going to be involved in this particular march. I think it's just something that the, the supporters are organizing. Maybe they'll get him to come out to it. I don't know. Uh, but it's going to be happening across the country, so it won't just be in D.C. It'll be at uh, the various different, I think, the various different Federal Reserve Bank locations uh, across the country. It's also going to be in state capitals across the country as well. So not everybody's going to go to Washington, D.C., and I think that's good, because that means people will spend less on uh, this particular incursion. But what is it that you're looking to accomplish? I mean, I, it would seem that one of the major things would be press coverage, right? You're hoping that you have a march, and therefore the press will come in and give you free coverage for your ideas. Well, okay, let's say you get the press out there. There's a, there's a chance you're going to be able to get the press to come out to cover a march, especially if there are a bunch of people at it. I mean, and, you know, it's certainly if you're going to be doing it in state capitals where the TV stations are probably looking for things to cover. Uh, so it'll probably be easier to get the press to come out to some of the more local marches than maybe it would even be in Washington, D.C. Because they're used to seeing marches in D.C. Marches don't happen so often in Tallahassee. Or, you know, uh, Concord, New Hampshire, they don't happen so often there. So it's actually probably more newsworthy to have a march happen outside of Washington, D.C. than actually in it. But let's presume the press does come out and, uh, you know, they pull you aside and they interview you and uh, you feel like the interview went really well. You got to talk about uh, ending the income tax because that's they're having it on April 15th. Right. Mm -hmm. The, The purpose is to end the income tax and end the Federal Reserve. So you talk for a little while about uh, ending the income tax and ending the Federal Reserve. And, well, it turns out that, you know, on the evening news that night, they mentioned the march briefly. They, as they always do, Mark, they undercut the estimated number of people. You know, if there were 5,000 people there, they'll report 500 people uh, attending. 
So that'll disappoint you. And then you'll be disappointed again when they cut out all, you know, 99% of your interview and give you a 15-second soundbite where you don't have any chance to really talk about the meat of the issue, where maybe they'll just quote you on saying, we're against the income tax, and then they'll cut to, you know, the next story. And that's it. Yeah. And that's that's it. That's all you get. You'll be lucky if uh, you know a few signs get flashed up with websites, and maybe there's a chance that a few people watching the television show, which of course, remember, TV news not generally watched by young people. And isn't that who you want to reach out to, young people? But maybe there's a slight chance that someone will see your website URL and go and visit it. Okay, so there you go. You've won. There's one person that went to your website, or a, a handful of people uh, that were driven to your website as a result of that. Again, I'm not going to stop you from doing it. I can't. I would never stop you. I never. I, I don't. It, go ahead. Do all the marching you want to do. I just don't think it's really a worthwhile thing, especially in Washington D.C. I I do get the impression that the uh, the, the the powers that be in Washington D.C. sort of feel like uh, you know protest all you want, peons, just keep right. paying your taxes. That's that's the thing. You know, you have to wonder. How many of these protesters and these people that are marching that are saying, that's right, bring down the IRS, abolish the Federal Reserve, we're marching today to show these politicians in Washington we're serious about change, we're serious about ending the income tax. And then you go, uh, you know, and file your taxes. Or probably most of them have already filed their taxes, like good, obedient little slaves. And as long as you keep following their rules, they, you know, they're not going to change anything. So... Why don't you have an anti-tax march where uh, person after I guess, person? I guess the, it's it's sort of an analogous to uh, you know the master allowing the slaves to protest all they wish as long as they go out and pick the cotton. Exactly. Why don't instead of that? Why don't you make a spectacle? Why don't you have a, a fire where people toss their tax forms in and set them on fire? How about that one? Well, there's probably a, you probably get an arson charge. I'm sure you right, right, uh, mm-hmm. illegal fire charge or whatever, fire without a permit charge. Of course, many of these uh, people that are organizing these protests, I wonder how many of them will be asking the government for permission to protest. How many of them will be asking for permission to utilize whatever it is the area that they're going to be in for their protest purposes? Doesn't that defeat the purpose too? It, 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 the Constitution I read, you have the right to peaceably assemble, and therefore, if you have the right, you don't need a permit. So what are you looking to accomplish with this? If you're looking to bring attention to your issues, that is, abolishing the IRS and the Federal Reserve, you can tell by how the media has ignored Ron Paul so far, you can tell that they're not going to give you very much coverage. I mean, what do you think? That just because 100,000 people are marching in Washington, D.C. is all of a sudden going to change the priorities of the news editors around the country? (laughs) Whoa! These Ron Paul people are serious now. They're in Washington, D.C. They already know you're a force to be reckoned with. You're filling their email boxes and their voicemail systems with phone calls and and emails. They know the Ron Paul revolution is certainly a force to be reckoned with, but they're not paying much attention to you anyway. So what else could that, what, I mean, help me brainstorm here, Mark. What else could you possibly expect to happen as a result of this march? I guess, Outreach? I guess you could assume that, uh, well, I don't know. I mean, there, there were some successes from the, uh, the civil rights marches on Washington. It seems to me that those, uh, they are singular in, in their success, and the time really was, uh, had come for that. I'm not sure the time has come that Americans are ready to look at freedom. Um, you know, most most people don't believe in freedom. They simply don't. They believe that you know, in freedom, except. And 
I wish I knew more about I the Civil Rights March. Most, I think most Americans were ready to, uh, you know, believe that the blacks should be treated exactly the same as whites at that point. I, I'd like to say I wish I knew more about the Civil Rights Movement at that time and what different tactics they were employing. Well, I can tell you that there was a threat of violence on the other side of it. There was, you know, at the same time there was uh, the Civil Rights Movement that was all peaceful and civil disobedience. There were the Black Panthers out there blowing crap, killing people, and setting things on fire. Hmm. So um, there was a threat of violence at the same time. It's like, listen to these peaceful people because there's the violent people out there, too. Mm. And I, I, I'm, not, I'm not advocating violence. No, I'm just saying no, that, 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 you know, this, that's one of the things that gets left out of the, uh, you know, the, the, the mention of the, the peace movement. And, and again, I do know there was a civil disobedience component. I don't know if most of the disobedience came before or after the marches or what the time frame was. So if you can help enlighten me on that, I would love to hear from you at 800-259-9231. But the history of it has been very ineffective. Uh, if you're looking for news coverage, that's not going to get you very much, well, if any at all. A lot of the civil disobedience that came in was like, you know, black people going into white restaurants, black people, you know, using white things, things that were separated in the South. And the, really, the the only way you can civilly disobey uh, effectively here is to find the way that you don't feel freedom exists, and I feel it uh, rests firmly in taxes, um, you know, and, and then not comply. Now, I'll admit to you, I'm scared to death to go into prison. I'd I pay my taxes for the very reason that I don't want to go to prison. Right, but if you can get 100,000 people out to march, why can't you get the same 100,000 to not pay taxes? That's what you should focus on, is disobeying these asinine laws. I might go march. I'm not, uh, you know, are I, you I don't know t- today whether I'm ready to stop paying taxes. Are you expecting the politicians to change things because you're out in the streets? I just don't believe that will. I mean, I'll eat my words if something happens. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up anything toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there we give away, so enjoy those on us. And if you like the show and help support Free Talk Live, shop at our store. Go to store.freetalklive.com. Buy all kinds of great Free Talk Live branded merchandise from T-shirts to hats to hoodies and more DVD classic archive collector sets going all the way back to the very first show. Uh, Head on over there, store.freetalklive.com. So, uh, again, still talking about this concept, the idea, taxday08.com is the website. They're promoting that people go to Washington, D.C. to protest against taxes, to show them you're serious. You're serious, Americans. You're tired of these taxes and Federal Reserve notes. Eh, you're going to keep paying them because you're a good little citizen, but you're tired of it and you're angry. And I just wonder, what are the goals of this? What well, are, I, I, I can see this as being something worth doing if it's your state capital, where it'll only take you maybe a couple hours to drive up there. It's not going to be a huge investment. You're not going to need to spend a night in a hotel room. You're not going to need to lay out a few hundred bucks uh, in a, you know, an airplane trip to get to where you need to go. I could see a protest, because I've done protests. I've done sign wavings before, and... For the most part, they haven't really done anything, but it's something to do, and it's something fun to get together with the activists with. Well, so I, I understand that, that the perks. largely that's true with most uh, civil disobedience and most protests, that, they assim- that, that what they accomplish is difficult to see or quantify. Um, I, would, I would say that I'd also like to see more civil disobedience, more protests, even if they don't uh, bring about a great deal of uh, 
you know, of, of anything, but just simply because they give other people uh, courage. I, I agree with you that there are more effective and less effective protests out there. When it comes down to the more effective ones, I'm scared to do them because I know that they throw people in jail for the ones mm. that I believe are most effective. Right. Which are, you know, withholding your taxes, um, not registering, you know, with, you know, with them to be counted and all that other stuff. But, you know, I know what happens to those people. 1-800-259-9231. So I'm throwing I mean, it out there. Look, I... I will eat my words if it turns out that something tangible happens as a result of this Tax Day 08 protest. I will be happily the first person to say, you know what, I was wrong about this. It really was worth all the money and time and effort everyone put into it. Congratulations, guys. So I hope I'm wrong. I really do. But looking at the history, it's easy for me to be pessimistic about this one. Uh, And I think that you'll probably see, here's my prediction, you'll see more, if anything, from the local versions of this uh, this protest, you'll see more media coverage from the local versions than you will in Washington, D.C. That's my prediction. Let's go to your phone calls. Paula in Florida, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello. Yeah, hi, hon. Um, I got a hold of Obama's people, and they had no idea that voter fraud was going on. No idea really? whatsoever. Well, that's yep. surprising. Wasn't there a news article recently saying that he didn't get any votes in certain areas of New York? You would think that... His campaign would be aware of that. They said they weren't aware of it, and I said, anyway, they're going to have somebody call me back. And I found out he's related to the president, plus Cheney. Who? Obama is related to President Bush and Cheney. Oh, Cheney, okay. I get the impression that must be on his mother's side, right? Yeah, he's related to both of them. (laughs) Amazing. What other revelations do you have for us tonight, Paula? Well, I called the U.S. Attorney General's office this afternoon again. I've called him more than once, and I told him, I said, let me tell you something. I said, we have a constitution in this government. And I said, you have to follow the constitution. And I said, if you don't do your job about this voter fraud, I said, all of you are going to be in trouble. And uh, it's Speaking just, uh, of ineffective this, protests. <laughs> well, this, this is – and about the income tax, it's illegal. It was never even ratified through Congress. It's not even part of our government. It's, do you pay, it's, Paula? It's private. Do you pay? Huh? Do you pay income taxes? Nope. Good for you. Thank you, Paula, for the call tonight. <laughs> 800-259-9231. Now, that's something that uh, that makes a difference because you aren't feeding the beast. Well, You're not actively being a part of the, the evil that is the federal government. But, of course, calling the, uh, the attorney genital and calling uh, some political campaign... Talk about ineffective. Well, I'd say that's even more ineffective than standing around in Washington D.C. I'm not. Uh, I'm, I'm not here to to call Paula out or anything like that. But I've thought about myself. What would ha- what would it be like if I stopped paying taxes? Well, I can tell you what it would be like. My wife would continue. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. you know, her income, my income is her income. So she's still going to have to claim whatever it is that I bring in. Oh, really? I mean, if we have a to mortgage. To the bank account? Somehow or another. Yeah. If we have a mortgage, um, you know, she works a couple of hours a week just because she wants to get out of the house, that kind of thing. She can't make the mortgage payment that we have in order with that amount of money. So she's going to. She's going to, you know, there's going to be an incongruency there. Some IRS agent's going to go, hey, what's going on here? You're paying this big old mortgage. You don't even make that much in a month. So, you know, it's going to be very confusing. She's going to she's going to have to claim everything. And then I'm going to essentially be dodging the the authorities here and there. And and she's going to, you know. Yeah, well, if you're not in it together, you. It's, it's really Yeah, it makes no sense to do it. So. It just, I, I, does Paula's husband pay then? I guess is the question. 
Oh, she's not here. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. All right, so here's the story from Macon, Macon, Georgia, I believe. One East Macon family's 911 call went awry recently in a case where police are just calling it miscommunication. A husband mistaken for an abuse suspect tried to rush his sick wife to the hospital. Hmm. He ended up being pulled out of his car by officers with their guns drawn at about 5 a.m. When Bridget Donahue, 45, awoke at her residence, she needed to use the restroom. While washing her hands, she glanced up at the mirror and discovered a reflection that horrified her. She said, my face was barely recognizable. My cheeks, jaws were all swelled up. My lips all cracked. My tongue was swelling by the second. I looked down and my arms and legs were swelling too. They got to be about the size of balloons and I started to have difficulty breathing. Hmm. Donahue was apparently in the initial stages of recovery from a surgical procedure on Monday and was having a severe allergic reaction to the pain medication prescribed by her doctor. She says, I screamed so loud, everyone in the house woke up. At 5 a.m., a 911 dispatcher uh, received the call, sent the, uh, to 2528 Cumberland Drive. She said her body was swelling up, requested an ambulance. So the dispatcher reported the call to the ambulance dispatch office, and that apparently is a routine procedure. The dispatcher then called for an ambulance to the home. Minutes later, her mother, uh, Cora Jordan, who was in the area to help care, care for her, also called 911 and asked for an ambulance, again reporting Donahue's swelling. And again, the 911 dispatcher transferred the call to the medical center. A third 911 call was made minutes later. Donahue's daughter, Brandy Jordan, made one of those calls, unsatisfied that nearly ten minutes later, an ambulance had not yet arrived. She said that all I know is my mother screaming, crying, and saying she feels like she's dying. The fact that no one had come to help didn't make any sense to us. And of course, ten minutes can seem like an eternity. Yeah, when yeah. something like that's happening. The 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 one thing that I you know, I've had uh, emergency medical situations. I get the person in the car and I drive them to the hospital. Well, you'll see that's what they ended up trying to do here in a moment. It was during one of those calls that a dispatch operator at the medical center reported hearing yelling, possibly an argument in the background at the Donahue home. That dispatcher assumed that a domestic violence situation was occurring at the home and summoned police officers to the scene. Hmm. Uh Uh-oh. You know, when the cops arrive, bad things are going to happen. Unfortunately, that's just how it is more and more these days. And what was going on was the yelling in the background. It was just her her mother yelling because she was freaking out. Uh, but they misinterpreted it. She's turning into like the 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 blueberry girl on uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah. It just keeps on blowing up and up and up, and they can't get an ambulance. To well, come. guess who arrived first? The, the cops, cops. <laughs> of course, before the ambulance. And uh, apparently, now they called the ambulance uh, more than ten minutes before the police. Apparently, her difficulty uh, in breathing uh, got worse. Uh, they, family members then became frantic. Uh, the husband, Craig Donahue, said that's when the police showed up, just as we were backing out of the driveway to head to the hospital ourselves. So tired of waiting, they piled into the car to head out. At that time, the officers were dispatched. Uh, they were dispatched. It's unsure who showed up. In the front yard of his well-kept home, officers told Craig Donahue to get out of his car and began to question him about the reported domestic incident. Says, I didn't know what they were talking about. My wife was sick, really sick. Right, we now, thought she was dying. Take into consideration, they have no idea what this domestic incident is because the... Um, That's not what they reported. Right, they didn't report it. No one said anything to them about it. The 911 operator decided it was a domestic incident because they heard yelling. He says, I told them it wasn't domestic, it's a medical emergency. And uh, that's when one of the family members approached an officer pleading to take her mother to the hospital, but she was then asked to step away. As Bridget Donahue screamed to her husband to help from the back seat of the car, he decided to drive away from the officers and head for the medical center. 
He didn't get far. Within seconds, squad cars surrounded his vehicle near the inter- uh, near a recent inter- uh, nearby intersection. Officers pulled guns on Donahue as they ordered him out of the car with his hands up and his legs spread. He was placed on the ground and restrained as he cried, begging for his wife. Says, I was scared and I felt death. To see them going and putting guns on him, all of this felt like a dream, said his wife. In the midst of the incident, uh, the daughter and grandmother caught back up with the Donahues traveling a second vehicle. They placed yet another call to 911. An audio recording shows that hysterics were abundant. Uh, and, you know, it's just another police failure, and no one will ever be held responsible for this. This family was terrorized by the cops when they were just trying to get some help. Hour 3 is coming up. You take control. It's Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into hour number three of the program. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site we give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Uh, so I said uh, actually earlier tonight that I had a taser-related story. We never got to it. And then uh, maybe we'll get to the story about a man who was arrested. Was he arrested? Anyway, a guy who got in trouble for uh, over garbage, canceling his garbage service. We'll get to that first. From the CBC in Canada, Montreal police used taser weapons inappropriately more than ten times in the last two years, violating their code of conduct, according to a Radio Canada investigation. Documents obtained through accessed information requests show that of the 53 occasions in which Montreal police fired stun guns in 2006 and 2007, 11 of those occasions did not meet the force's criteria for using tasers. That's about one in five. Uh, Incident reports show that police used stun guns on people who refused to comply or who put up passive physical resistance. Montreal Public Security Guidelines say police should use stun guns only on aggressive people or on suspects who actively resist arrest. Which, again, as we talked about in the beginning of the show, was the original intention for using tasers. It was when someone was about to harm the police and normally they would use a gun to stop them or some other form of, of violence. This would allow them to preserve that person's life as opposed to putting a bullet in their head or their chest. Uh, but now they're using they are it. there to protect and serve, you know. Now, now they're using it for pain compliance. Now the government people are saying, well, we're aware of the problem. There are many cases, uh, maybe cases in which people didn't use them adequately. This is not acceptable for us, said one of the spokes bureaucrats. And people have recourse, and I encourage them to follow up on those options. Officers are briefed on the force's taser guidelines in a two-day course, but they may not be fully prepared to use them, said uh, one of the uh, experts. The uh, officer said, is it a training issue or is, oh, excuse me, this was a inspector who said this. Is it a training issue? Is it that the officer was surprised by the type of the event he's facing and perhaps showed a lack of judgment or simply poor training and that he used it inadequately? That's also in the domain of possibilities. So they've all got all... It's called know. poor training when an officer uses violence against a uh, a citizen, but... Um when a citizen uses violence against an officer, it's a uh, incarceratable offense. Right. So they're investigating, Mark, as they always do. The Montreal Police Force owns 16 taser weapons, uh, blah, 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 blah. So there you go. So uh, one out of five incidents, in Montreal at least, are 
completely not by the book, by their own admission. But it's not like they're doing anything about it. He says that you have recourse. This is their expert that says, the police guy, he says, you've got resource, citizens. Recourse, rather. You should follow up on those options. Which means that you have to probably fund the lawsuit yourself. You have to go and find a lawyer that's right. willing to sue the police. and File a lawsuit against the police, on the other hand, and the uh, government will, or, or the union will uh, cover their, uh, you know, their expenses. Yeah, absolutely. There's... No and by problem. the way, yeah. the union negotiates with the government, and we, the people, pay the union—you know—pay what the union demands. So the union gets funded by us. Yeah, you're paying for their defense, basically. You're paying to file the case, you're paying to prosecute the case, and you're paying for them to defend themselves. Yeah. Uh, so, so they're even though they are admitting that they have been using their tasers inappropriately, there's nothing that's going to happen as a result of it. Now, Canadian critics have been calling uh, for a moratorium on tasers. They, uh, the amount of calls for that moratorium apparently is intensifying, so that could be a little bit I of I don't know news. that that makes a lot of sense. I mean, when you think about a, a moratorium on tasers, well, what's that going to leave them with? Billy Dead clubs people. and guns. Yeah. It's just all bad. The police are just out of control. They have way too much power, and it goes right to their heads. In fact, we were talking earlier about how the police, uh, you know, the, the job of policemen inevitably attracts the sadists. And those who are prone to corruption. Not all of them, but, you know, in, in some some cases, if, if that's what you wanted to do, if you wanted to be a little petty dictator and wield power over somebody, that's a place you could go to do just that. Or if you want to make uh, yourself a little bit of money in the black market like these cops from StopTheDrugWar.org in Los Angeles, an L.A. County probation officer was arrested over the weekend in a major federal drug bust that netted a dozen people in the San Gabriel and Pomona Valleys. Probation officer Crystal Dillard was arrested along with her boyfriend, Jaron Johns, whom authorities identified as a member of the Crips. She's accused of participating in multiple crack cocaine sales. This is a probation officer. Uh, Dillard and Johns appeared in a 17-count indictment accusing 23 defendants of participating in a ring that sold marijuana, cocaine, and crack cocaine. Dillard is accusing of making drugs, uh, drug drops at various locations where Johnson would pick them up and deliver them to a person who turned out to be a confidential informant. Dillard and Johns are now in federal custody. Or in Pittsburgh, where a former South Fayette Township patrolman awaits sentencing after pleading guilty to conspiring to distribute cocaine. Bernard Galling and his friend Michael Mons were arrested in July upon receiving nine pounds of cocaine in a FedEx shipment. Mons was sentenced last Friday to 57 months in federal prison, and Gulling will be sentenced May 23rd. He faces more time than Mons because he was in uniform when he picked up the package and thus carried a gun during the commission of a drug offense. Which I consider asinine, by the way. The idea that having a gun is somehow, you know, makes it worse that you're a drug dealer. I don't really, I don't completely understand that either. My Second Amendment to the, you know, my Bill of Rights says that the... Uh, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. So therefore, as far as I'm concerned, you know, you can make uh, whatever drugs, you know, whatever drugs you happen to make illegal. I don't see making the guns illegal or making it a, a bigger offense in carrying a gun. A gun carrying a gun's a man's right. Yeah, he didn't use the gun. He was just carrying it. Uh, and drug dealers need to defend themselves too. I mean, you don't want a drug deal to go bad and end up dead. If you could have been, you know, gun could have saved your life. Anyway, just a couple corrupt cop stories for you. Usually there's more than that. I guess it was a light week. They only found two cops uh, in America this week that were uh, corrupt, or at least that we found out about, at least that were facing charges. That hit the news. Yeah.
Uh, and there's never a shortage. 1-800-259-9231. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. We go to Jeremy in Montana listening on KGEZ. Hello, Jeremy. Hey, do you think Ron Paul's got a chance or what? I well, don't know. Anything can chances, happen. I think his chances have gone up this week uh, with McCain getting caught in bed with a lobbyist, literally. Um, <laughs> the, you know, it, it seems to me that he has a better chance of getting the nomination. Um, Huckabee is still probably he still has more uh, delegates than, than Ron Paul does, but uh, anything could happen. Yeah, I love you guys. Keep up the good work. Was that all you had, Jeremy? Yeah, that's it, buddy. Thank you. Thanks for the call tonight, dude. 800-259-9231. It's certainly the history of libertarian campaigns, liberty-oriented campaigns, have not been very good, not been very successful. The Ron Paul uh, campaign, I think, has been a success simply based on comparison to past campaigns. He's been far more successful than any other libertarian candidate ever has. Uh, so I think you could chalk up his campaign as a success from that aspect already. Mm-hmm. Whether or not he actually ends up getting the nomination, that's another question. It seems like everything is stacked against him as much as it possibly can be. Uh, but then again, you know, it ain't over till it's over, right? Yeah, it it, it truly isn't. And stranger things have occurred. There, yeah, absolutely true. I'm, you know, I'm all for him. Hope he hope he makes it. And we will certainly be paying close attention. Does anybody know when the uh, the primary is down in Texas? No. Not the presidential primary, but the one for his congressional office. I heard today that he March. has March. I heard today that he has a million dollars for his congressional campaign down there. I'm sure that it's probably the best funded year yet. He's just gotten a lot of press, you know. And he's he's still, as always. I mean, it was he a nine term, ten term congressman? I yeah. think it's ten. Uh, he's always doing well in the polls down in Texas, and from what I saw at LewRockwell.com today, still doing very well. This this I guess challenger that he has down there. I don't know the guy's name, but the neocon basically, the neoconservative that's challenging him. He's pulling about 20% in the polls. Ron is getting about 60%, and the other 20% is undecided. So it looks like it's pretty much in the bag yeah. for Ron at this point, uh, which is good, because if he wins that particular contest, he can go back to focusing on, uh, you know, focusing back on the, the presidential campaign, mm-hmm. hopefully, at least. So we'll keep you up to date and in the loop as we continue to learn more about what's going on with the Ron Paul campaign. Stephen Greenhut at LoopRockwell.com asks, What kind of society rips a 17-year-old autistic boy from his loving home and places him in a state-run mental institution where he's given heavy doses of drugs, kept physically restrained, kept away from his family, deprived of books and other mental stimulation, and is left alone to rot? What kind of society would do something like that, Mark? We'll find out here in moments. Guessing this one. You can take control and bring up what you want as well. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Toll free at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll free line. It's Ian here with you. Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features there we give away, so enjoy those on us. Uh, They, by the way, include the Shrine of Female listeners, the dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send us their validated photo and prove they listen to the show. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com to see what it's about. And there's a bit of controversy that has uh, bubbled up here uh, within the last few hours. I posted a poll on our website. You can go to poll.freetalklive.com. That's like the poll you vote in, P-O-L-L. Go to poll.freetalklive.com to cast your vote. The question is, should babies be banned from the shrine? 
Right now, there are two entries on the Shrine of Female listeners of females that are way too young to possibly be listeners to the show. They might hear the show, but they couldn't possibly listen to it because they probably don't understand much of English at this point. Mm, are you a behaviorist? Sorry? Are you a behaviorist? Do you know this to be true? Uh, no, but I'm pretty sure that they don't understand the things that we're talking about, the concepts we're saying. They certainly aren't old enough to submit their own photo. Uh, they aren't old enough to photograph themselves. So uh, those are kind of my points here. I am advocating that at this point, uh, considering the purpose of the Shrine of Female listeners to, to show off the ladies that listen to the show, specifically one of the reasons why we have the Shrine is to show it to the radio program directors to show them that this isn't just a show that's listened to by men. Uh, and to, to have babies on the shrine, I think, maybe doesn't make it as uh, serious of, uh, of a, si- of Sorry, a website. It's called, it's called a shrine of female listeners. Um, what qualifies someone to be on the shrine of female listeners is that they be a yeah. female and a listener. And they're listening. Now no, they're they not. They're only, hearing it. They, they may, but, but, but now you get to define what he, the difference is between hearing and listening. Uh, there's they, a difference. The, from their baby standpoint, they are listening. They are listening as well as a baby can listen. And uh, as a matter of fact, I believe that one of the comments on there on one of the babies is that uh, one of the little girls can't go to sleep unless she hears my dulcet tones that every is single night. So you, are you saying this child, that's the claim of the parent, I can only assume it's true. Are you saying that child's not listening? Yeah, I think listening to some extent involves comprehension, and I don't think these people are comprehending. These babies are comprehending what they're hearing. You know, I know, I understand it's cute to see babies on there. It's not like it's become, uh, you know, the shrine of baby listeners. But what or if anything it did? Like what if next week we had a, a glut of uh, baby submissions, and all of a sudden there's five babies in a row on the shrine? That's not going to be very impressive to a program director. They don't want uh, they, babies listening to their talk stations. Okay, five they don't ba- make buying five decisions. Five babies still wouldn't be an issue um, you know, on the Shrine of Female List. So there, are, there are dozens and dozens and dozens of women on there that have sent us their pictures. And five babies wouldn't be an issue. And they know that there are parents out there that gave birth to that baby that put a Free Talk Live sign in front of that baby because each of these babies would have to be validated. So they know that at the very least that there are parents there that care enough to send to the picture of their kid right. with a with the sign. So I'm all for uh, baby, female baby pictures well, on the Shrine of Female listeners. We're also taking their word that they are indeed females. Because how can you tell? I mean, a baby's a baby. They all look the same to me. I, I would agree, but um, you know, it, it, we we don't question any of the uh, the genders of any of the women. We have not asked any of the women to send pictures of their genitals in order to be <laughs> on the Shrine of Female listeners. So I don't think that there should be any kind of special um, requires requirements for babies. No, I, don't, I just don't think they should be allowed. That's what uh, that's kind of the uh, conclusion I have drawn, and I would love to hear you weigh in. Uh, you can either call in or uh, post on the poll. Go to poll.freetalklive.com to cast your vote. Uh, I, there's no guaranteeing that I will care about what the results are, but I do take it under advisement. I'm leaning towards getting rid of the babies from the shrine, uh, but then again, I could be convinced otherwise. So, poll.freetalklive.com. By the way, people, his decision will not be swayed by anything I say. Me talking about uh, the babies and how I support them is only going to be detrimental to keeping the babies there. <laughs> so, you have to react to what Ian says. You cannot expect that just simply because I support it, that there's going to be any uh, decision there. He'll do it just to spite me. 
All right, 1-800-259-9231. Now, uh, back to the story here. Steve Greenhut at LewRockwell.com asks, Well, what kind of society would rip a 17-year-old autistic boy from his loving home and place him in a state-run mental institution where he's given heavy doses of drugs, physically restrained, away from his family, and deprived of even books and other mental stimulation? Certainly not a free or humane one. Yet, that's exactly what's happened to Nate. I'm going to try this last name. Sieglin? T-S-E-G-L-I-N? Sieglin? I'm presuming the T is silent. After a teacher called Child Protective Services, the county agency charged with protecting children uh, from many forms of abuse and given power to remove, uh, remove children from their family homes under certain circumstances. The teacher reported seeing self-inflicted scratches on Nate's body and complained about the doctor-approved arm restraints his parents used to keep Nate from hurting himself. Nate remains in Fairview uh, Developmental Center in Costa Mesa, labeled a danger to himself and others, while his parents fight a lonely battle to bring their son back home. So again, this guy's got autism. And I'm no expert when it comes to autism, but I understand that the kids aren't quite in control of themselves. He might not really want to be scratching himself, but he does it anyway because he's got a problem, right? Mm -hmm. So they have to tie him down to prevent him from doing that. And the state says, well, you can't do that. After the complaint, uh, social workers intervened and decided the judgment of a psychologist, not the judgment of a psychologist, to examine Nate's records, but never even met the boy, trumped a lifetime of treatment and experiences by his parents. Without prior notice, the San Diego Health and Human Services Agency's social worker, with the aid of law enforcement, forcibly removed a struggling and terrified autistic boy from his home while his mother and father, who are Russian Jewish immigrants, and Nate's younger brother stood by helplessly. God. According to the complaint from the parents, who've since moved to Irvine to be near Nate, according to a report filed with the court. Yeah, these sound like really uh, terrible people if they're moving, they're picking up and moving in order to be closer to their autistic son that's been taken away from them. The forced removal came after the Seglins came to loggerheads with the government over Nate's proper treatment. The parents are opposed to the use of psychotropic drugs and argue that Nate has had strong negative reactions to them. They point to success that they've had with an alternative holistic approach that focuses on diet and oh, psychiatric yeah. counseling. This isn't going to go well. The government disagreed, so it took the boy away from home and initially placed him in a group home, where he had the same negative reaction to the drugs that his parents predicted would happen. Of course, once social workers are involved in a family, they're reluctant to relinquish their power, something I've found in every Child Protective Services case I've ever written about. And even though the court determined that the evidence is clear. The parents have always stood by and tried to help their son. The court sided with uh, the child protective services, the government, and that's another common theme from these closed family court proceedings. The social workers' words are taken as gospel, and the parents are treated like enemies and given little chance to defend themselves. Sounds almost like what happens with these drug, uh, the, the uh, drug relegalization efforts, where it doesn't matter what the persuasive arguments are from the decriminalization advocates, as long as one police chief says it should stay, it stays. Right. You know, it, you, well, you've uh, managed to, uh, you know, make whatever small hurdles it takes to get hired by the government, and suddenly everything you say, you know, is just true. And we citizens, well, we just have to suck it up. The details are complicated and discouraging, but essentially the parents were cut out of any decision-making regarding their son. They were given only short visits with him. After he ran away from the group home, the government transferred Nate to a mental hospital. 
Seglin say the drugs the hospital gave Nate caused him to have a grand mal seizure, and his health has continued to deteriorate while he languishes in a governmental metal, uh, excuse me, a government mental facility. Well, then they went to visit him over the summer. We'll tell you what they found here in moments. 800-259-9231. <laughs> it wasn't good. This is Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. Bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. Join us on our website, freetalklive.com. The features there we give away. And you can enjoy those for free, including the bulletin board system with over 300,000 posts for you to surf around through serious issues to fun stuff, all being discussed for free at bbs.freetalklive.com. SACL CAI is the uh, major sponsor of Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live would uh, certainly not be the radio show that it is today without Jason Osborne and SACL CAI. If you have a business and that business can benefit in any way through uh, collections, uh, SACL CAI CAI does collections. They do early out billing and they purchase charged off receivables. You can uh, check out their banner at freetalklive.com. That's freetalklive.com, SACL CAI. All right, 800-259-9231, continuing the story of a young autistic boy, teenager, 17 years old, who was ripped from his home by a certain governmental organization that you might be familiar with. They have a version of this in, I believe, all 50 states, Child Protective Services. They came in to protect this child from his parents. Now you're thinking to yourself, you're just tuning in, well, his parents must have been abusing him. They must have been just starving him and locking him in cages and doing just terrible, awful things. No, no, his parents have been with him his whole life, and they love him very, very much. It's just that he's autistic, and uh, the way that manifests itself with uh, young Nate Seglin is that he could hurt himself, and uh, he he self-inflicted, for instance, scratches on his own body, and so they bought some doctor-approved arm restraints for him. And it was those arm restraints that got everything started, that the uh, the state government people did not like that very much. Uh, and they examined his, they had a state psychologist examine Nate's records uh, without even seeing the boy or meeting the boy. He decided that he should be taken from his parents. They forced, uh, they forced him out of the, his home. They stole him from them. They then locked him into a group home. He then ran away from that group home. And uh, let's see, essentially, the parents were cut out of any decision-making regarding their son. They were given only short visits with him. After he ran away from the group home, the government then transferred him to a mental hospital. They say that the drugs that they gave Nate caused him to have a grand mal seizure. Now, this goes back to something earlier in the story where the parents and the government also disagreed on the method of treatment for this particular autism. Uh, to where they don't like psychotropic medication. They did not want to give their son meds. Right. They and wanted to put it, him on a holistic solution. I think that this uh, this really comes down to parenting. Does the government get to decide who um, you know how your child is is treated as far as uh, medical concerns? They or apparently do, you? do. I mean, I I think that it's a little nutty. There's there's certain religions out there that don't believe in medicine at all. They simply will not take their uh, you know their kids to the doctor or hospital if they're sick and and the kids could die. But 
you know, who loses there? I guess. I mean, you know, the kids lose. The kids certainly lose. Um, you know, they they maybe maybe they could have been saved by medicine. I'm going to assume that's true, but I I I think that society loses if um if the government steps in and tells people how they can parent. It's if, a slippery slope. It's it's absolutely a slippery slope. If they can tell you how your child is treated medically, then they can tell you well whether or not you get uh, vaccines. If they can tell you whether what or to not feed you them. Get, yeah, if you, they can tell you vaccines, then what what about their diet? It's an important mm-hmm. part of health. Yeah. Got to keep these kids healthy, Mark. You know, what about uh, how much water they drink in a given day? Sure. What about, uh, you know, all, you know, once you start talking about health, what about mental health? You have to treat these child in certain manners. You can't paddle them. You can't do whatever. So when they visited their son over the summer, they found his face had swollen. He faded in and out of consciousness and was suffering from convulsions. Remember, they're giving him drugs at this mental institution. The state is giving him these psychotropic medications that his parents... Having raised him for 17 years, his parents have said he doesn't respond very well to. Right. Well, the state it's doesn't care. Or something. They don't care. They're going to do what they're going to do. And so he's fading in and out of consciousness, suffering from convulsions. They believe he'd been beaten and are worried about sexual abuse, given that he's housed with the criminally insane. Right. And that's that's a real issue. I don't know whether it was the orderlies that beat him or what. You know, I'm, I'm going to assume that the parents know what they're talking about in this uh, circumstance. But, you know, how about inmates? This is a it's it's a hospital for the criminally insane. This boy could be all kinds of terrible things could happen to him. The Seglins claim Child Protective Services has told them they have the wrong set of beliefs and even threatened to force them to undergo court ordered psychological evaluation. The agency at These one people are drunk with power. The agency at one point suspended the parents' visitations as a way to assist them in coming to grips regarding <laughs> their son. The Seglins, as former citizens of the Soviet Union, have good reason to be fearful of the authorities, but they tell me they experienced nothing of this sort in the former communist nation. If their descriptions are correct, then the Soviets weren't the only ones who know how to create a totalitarian bureaucracy. The family's legal argument is persuasive. According to them, Riva and her husband have cared for Nate in their home for his entire life until he was dragged kicking and screaming away from his parents. The court found it was very impressive that the parents were able to maintain Nate in the home for the better part of a decade when he was having some severe behavioral difficulties. They love him. The court found further that when the parents put Nate on a more holistic approach and ignored the professional opinions, that for a period of time, Nate responded very well to that. Even though Nate subsequently deteriorated, the court found that he fared no differently using the more traditional medical approach. In short, this case turns on value judgments, such as whether it's preferable for Nate to be maintained in his own home, subject to occasional physical restraint, surrounded by the love and devotion of his parents and brother, or whether Nate should be placed in a locked facility, subject to occasional physical restraint and constant chemical restraint, surrounded by strangers and a burden to the California taxpayer. The real issue in this case is that the agency and some medical personnel believe their opinions regarding Nate's treatment are better than the parents' choices and uh, and have sought the judicial intervention to override the parents' decisions regarding their son. They know what's best. In a free society, individuals and families get to make those judgments and decisions. As the Seglins argue, Riva has a right to raise her child, Nate, free from government interference, as long as he's not at risk of physical, sexual, emotional abuse, neglect, or exploitation. 
Sure, the state can and does intervene when parents are accused of abusing or neglecting their children. There are many problems and injustices even in those cases. But at least it's understandable when the government intervenes to protect a potentially threatened child. But in this case, the state is simply saying that it knows best, that no matter how diligently a boy's parents have worked to provide the best possible care for him, that officials get the final say. And the government's choice of mandatory incarceration seems harsh and cruel, which shouldn't surprise anyone given the basic nature of government. And at last check... That's the God's honest truth, because government really only has one card to play. Uh, You know, they they have the the force and violence. Maybe you could call it three cards. They have the threats, they have uh, fines, and they have incarceration. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't go with that, they use force. So maybe maybe it's four cards. But it's it's all the same sort of thing. It's threats and violence. Kidnapping. Yep, there's no persuasion involved here, Mark. It's not, oh, we think you're doing the wrong thing. But here's why you're doing the wrong thing. At last check, says Mr. Greenhut, autism is not a crime. It's time to free Nate Seglin and return him to the love and care of his parents. What are they going to do when he turns 18? He's in a mental institution. They're probably not just going to let him out on the street, right? They'll probably just leave him there. What do they care? Right. They're getting funded for every single person they have in there, aren't they? Yeah. Isn't that usually how it works? Yes. Absolutely. So so they have zero incentive to release this young boy. The people that fund them, uh, the legislature of, you know, whatever state this is. Well, it's the taxpayers that fund them. Right. But the legislators, uh, you know. They direct the funds. They direct the funds. They They don't care. It doesn't matter to them. It's not their money. It's the taxpayers, and the taxpayers, they don't know about this largely. They're busy out there trying to work enough so that they can pay for this crap. It, it, up to, you know, I'd say 50% of our money goes in taxes, and I've seen numbers. It's more than that. Yeah, though. I've seen numbers higher on up to 80%. I know they say that uh, you know countries like Sweden and that kind of thing, those have the high tax brackets, and we don't. But what they fail to, to, to take into consideration is all the money that we pay out in federal income tax, state income tax, state sales tax, state property tax, local property tax, uh, gasoline tax. Oh, it just goes on and on. It's incredible the amount of money that we pay out. And then don't forget that all the taxes that go in, it, essentially every fee that you pay to get your driver's license, your license plate, your renewal, all that other stuff, those are all taxes on top of that crap. It's all money that you could have kept. Yep. 800-259-9231. Speaking of money, uh, Nate Seglin's parents are going to have to fund all of this on their own. I mean, whatever court cases they have to go through to try to get their son back, they're going to be the ones paying out to try to prove that they should be able to take care of their own son. 1-800-259-9231. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. We only have a few moments remaining, but you just might be able to sneak your call in if you make it now at 800-259-9231. Sakel CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give away the features there. If you like the show want to help us out, then shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. When you enter Amazon through that link, Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. So start your shopping experience at amazon.freetalklive.com. And... If you would like to win the third banner on our website for an entire month, you could promote pretty much anything you want to promote, your website, your favorite band, I don't know, your product, your service, whatever. Uh, you'll get the banner if you're the winner of the auction. It's going on right now. Go to auction.freetalklive.com to place your bid. I think it was only at about 20 bucks the last time I looked. So 20 bucks for a month's ad on our website? That's not too shabby. Uh, head on over to auction.freetalklive.com. We continue here uh, with your phone calls. Let's talk to Jason in Tennessee. Jason, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hi. Hey, what's on your mind? Oh, 
Um, well, my wife and I were listening to your um, your broadcast, and um, she brought up a question. Um, she uh, is a social worker and has a curiosity of how you would actually handle the situation you were talking about with a child of autism in a free market solution. I'd leave him with his parents. I mean, his parents were handling the situation just fine. It's the government decided to step in and ruin their, their lives. Right. Yeah, I think okay. this, this comes down to, I mean, obviously there are children out there that are abused, and what do we do about that? Um, and now, Ian does have a solution. I, I, I don't. <laughs> I, I've got to say I, I don't. I think that, uh, you know, the best we can do is uh, have some kind of, you know, leave it to the police, um, you know, to investigate complaints and that kind of thing. Leave the child with them until they can prove a case. But this uh, Child Protective Services, it seems like, um, is, is all the stories I ever see are uh, negative towards what's going on. Now, I'll admit that news stories are um, a man-bites-dog situation where, you know, things are unusual, but how many kids are really, really helped by this? I gotta wonder, uh, you know, they... Yeah, if the parents are harming the kid, why don't you bring the parents up on charges instead of just snatching the kid out of their house? Wouldn't that make sense? I mean, isn't that, that's what we've seen, Mark. We've seen the stories where the CPS comes, they get an allegation from a neighbor or somebody like that, and they come in and they snatch the kid out. And then the parents are required to go to court and spend who knows how many thousands of dollars to beg and cajole to get their kids back. But if their parents are doing something wrong, then they should be brought up on a charge for that, if there's some evidence of it, instead of just some allegation from an angry neighbor. I mean, there have been so many tragic stories with this current system that we have uh, it's just absolutely awful. I would say that uh, in a free market situation, if you are pretty sh certain that a, a neighbor or, or somebody that you know is abusing their kids, then you should figure out a way to get those kids out of their hands, whether that be uh, you taking the situation into your own hands and rescuing the kids or, uh, or hiring some private uh, organization to do that very same thing and rescue those kids. And if it's true, then the kids will want to stay with you. If it's not, then you're going to find out right quick that you were wrong. Well, I think that you'll probably find some kids that are abused that still want to um, still want to go back to their parents. But as far as I'm you concerned, think? yeah, I do. Okay, the Stockholm syndrome. Um, I I absolutely uh, think that. But uh, you know, I, I think that it's a charge, and I think that um, in that particular instance, that uh, you should be innocent until proven guilty. By that person, you, I mean the parent of that child, should be innocent until proven guilty. Yeah, it definitely doesn't work that if way now. If you think that it takes too long, then that's a, that, that is an indictment on our judicial system. It is not an indictment uh, you know, it, it, against uh, um, you know, snatching kids out of their home. Yeah. The problem is, is we have an extraordinarily slow and uh, you know, clogged up judicial system, mainly because, well, we incarcerate people that use drugs voluntarily and willingly. Certainly a factor. Jason, your thoughts? Um, well, what if, in fact, then you knew that um, the, the child was being abused, like there was pretty much no doubt about it? Go get him. If you care that much, That's go get him. That's what Ian suggests. I say you know, the cops should handle that. Well, he was asking about a uh, free market situation. Mm -hmm. uh, where you yes, would he did say that. It would be up to you, then. Or hire somebody on who makes that their profession to uh, rescue abused children. What's wrong with that idea? Um, I don't have a problem with it. <laughs> there you go. And, you know, again, if it turns out that you were wrong, then you're going to be in some pretty deep S in that uh, the parent's probably going to bring you into arbitration or sue you in some way uh, for snatching their kid from them. And the kid's going to say, yeah, I didn't want to leave. 
and uh, there's no evidence, you've got no evidence, well, then you're going to have to pay some sort of settlement. You're going to have to pay restitution to the parents for snatching their kid uh, when they hadn't done anything wrong. So I think that the burden of proof would be much higher for, uh, the, you know, in the free market situation. You really would have to have a case. Uh, otherwise, it wouldn't stand up in, uh, in arbitration. And uh, again, if the kids were being abused, then they're going to testify for, in your favor, and that'll be the end of the case right there. If the kid says, I want out, then that's it. Case closed. So I think that uh, in the absence of the government situation, these cases would resolve themselves in a much more efficient manner. Thanks for the call tonight. 800-259-9231. Well, I, I can see that people, I, I mean, to me, it, it kind of, it seems uh, distasteful, the idea of, of, you know, telling people, well, if you want to kidnap, uh, if, you want, if you think that kids are being abused, you should go ahead and kidnap them. But I can see your point that, in fact, that's what we tell the government to do. Mm-hmm. We tell the government to go in and kidnap them and then you know, absolve the uh, bureaucrats that do do the kidnapping of any responsibility for what they do. These caseworkers in these instances, they are not responsible for anything bad that happens to these children. It's true. They can, you know, this, this kid, uh, this autistic kid... He's he's been put in a mental institution. He's been given drugs that he reacts poorly to. They could poison him. He could be very well be raped or brutalized by one of the inmates in there. He could be brutalized by the staff. Anything could happen. And I'll tell you, we've had story after story after story where it does happen. You know, I, I know that there are problems. I know there are problems in dealing with uh, parents that don't take care of their kids in the manner that you would take care of them. But... I, I, you know, uh, to me, I think it should be left in the hands of, the, um, you know, the police and people should be innocent until proven guilty. And I think that that is a, a great first step. Let's continue with your phone calls. Talk to Dennis in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. Dennis. Good evening, gentlemen. Hey, what's on your mind? Well, you guys are such, you just exaggerate everything. How so? Well, you keep talking about the babies on the shrine. And yeah. you're just barely grammatically correct. You know how many there are? <laughs> there are two. People there? There are two, but I, I have another one. Someone else has submitted their baby. Oh, my and God, actually, there'll be three out of 80. Yeah. Is it 80? Yeah. yeah. Well, almost. Uh, almost 80 um, shrine of female listeners? I estimated, Mark. I just, uh, I I just wondered. I just wondered. It's probably, I, I, it could very well be more. Right now, the poll is about 50-50. Right now, uh, it's, it's pretty undecided as to what the listeners think about this, is, as to whether or not we should ban babies from the shrine. Now, that would be only solo pictures of babies. If you, uh, you know, wanted to... Be, the mother, for instance, wanted to hold her baby or appear in the same picture as the baby, that'd be fine, because then it would be an adult, someone who is capable of uh, listening to the show, validating with their baby. But what were your thoughts, Dennis? One of the coolest pictures in the shrine is a close-up of a baby's face, and what's next to him? An iPod with a date on the little thing. It's it's perfect. So, you know... Right. You see, see, Ian's taking, taking his interests and applying it to the Shrine of Female listeners. All he cares to see is young women that have Free Talk Live in front of them, written, written in uh, lipstick across their <laughs> boobs. Right? Like, know, that's how, what he you know wants to see. how much money marketers would pay to have their brand on next to some nice little baby's right? face? And this is the thing. is Who do you think spends the money? The girls with lipstick um, written on their boobs or the moms? I mean, those are the women that control the purse strings of America, is the, the mothers. There's a picture there with a mom and her and her baby. I have no objection. That's a toddler. Whatever. Yeah. Th- hey, there's a difference when one can walk around. Let me tell you. <laughs> All right, Dennis. Anything else? That's that. Thanks Later. for the call. 800-259-9231. Just enough time for Paul in California on the amp line. Paul, what's on your mind tonight? Yeah, I like the way Marcus Oliver always the sales guy. Yeah, you're right. You always got to figure out where the hey, market is. Hey, do me a favor, Paul. Back off your phone like half an inch. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, I've, I've got this handset thing that apparently has really loud. All right, but, go uh, ahead. You were saying Mark's a sales guy. Go ahead. Yeah, I was about to come come out against the babies, but I suddenly realized, yeah, but wait a minute, it might be economically feasible to have them on there. So go for it, Mark. I, <laughs> I think you're right. I've converted them. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, because it, it's, you know, it's all about the free market. It's all about the profit. Um, anyway, I called in about the show you did a couple of days ago uh, with this guy with this website, TimeCube. <laughs> Gene and, Ray, uh, crazy, crazy old man with the most longest, rambling, insane website of all time, TimeCube.com. <laughs> Oh, that's that. That's without a doubt. But uh, I, I was kind of struck by the tragedy of this young man in Australia. Uh, I don't know if you've spent much time on his website, but he has done an, an amazing amount of work doing videos and graphics and stuff. And the the man just trashed him, and he committed suicide. Now, well, we I don't just... know why he committed suicide. His last uh, post, you're talking about the follower of Gene Ray, who yes. was arguably even more insane than Gene Ray himself. You uh, could make, probably make a good case for that. Right. He was very creative, though. Oh, th- no doubt. The website is very interesting, and his videos uh, where he interviews Gene uh, are somewhat entertaining, though a little long and uh, overdone rambling. Uh, but, uh, you know, if you look at his posts, he says in a few posts before he killed himself that he converted to Christianity and had rejected Gene Ray's cubism. So who knows what was going through his head at that time? Maybe he thought he was yeah. Jesus. I don't know, but we're out of time, dude. Thanks yeah. for the call. It's been Ian here with you. And Mark. We will return tomorrow night for the live Saturday show. Join us then online in the meantime, freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.